Welcome to another episode of Knockdown Entertainment Presents. I'm Kyle, and this week I'm joined by uh, two very special guests. Aw, thank you. I am special. I'm um, also special. You can, you can introduce yourselves so that's people know who. And that's Gabe. There we go. Yeah, that's not going to be super confusing for the listening audience at all. What? That's going to be pretty easy. That's, that's gonna Gabe. That's going to be pretty easy. I'm Gabe. And, and, uh, and I'm Shane. I'm Shane. So. Yeah. So, Gabe, Gabe Arino, follow me on Twitter. Uh, Gabe, Shane Arino, Shane. not on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we're in for a marathon, most yeah. likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's because we're talking about 10 years of freaking wrestling. I so. know we already looked at the runtime of this episode, so no, yeah. no shocker to you, the listener. Yeah, we already looked at the runtime of this episode, too. Mm-hmm. So, we know we know how long you're in for. Yeah. Uh, well, we are talking about 10 years of, of professional wrestling yeah. goodness. Uh, and in some cases, as Shane pointed out, uh, some terrible stuff, too. Uh, yep. Okay. Can't wait to get to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, not just WWE, as far as I'm concerned. It's all wrestling. All no, pretty much all. Like, I, I'm not as well-versed in, in like, Lucha uh, and I'm not as well versed in, you know, Joshi. Uh, I know some stuff, but I don't follow it as extensively. I don't even know what Joshi is. So that's the uh, Japanese women's wrestling. Ah, that's okay. where her Riho Karashita. All mm. every time on AEW they mention Stardom, that's one of the Joshi promotions For that sure. AEW works with. Rock on, party on, Wayne. But yeah, so so 2010 to 2019, the year of our Lord, the yes, yeah, the decade of the 2010s, uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was 10 years, and um, I. So my expertise on the wrestling thing is that I have been um, watching wrestling on and off my whole life, but then as soon as I started hanging out with these guys, I started watching wrestling more and more full-time. So I'm not super familiar with the early 10 aughts, whatever you call the beginning of the decade. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I was I was, I was, was telling some people uh, at a wrestling show on Friday, it's like, oh, yeah, my roommate is like, they they know Shane because they've seen him at at shows before. Yeah, I'm the guy and, yelling. And yeah, usually oh, you are. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be me and my roommate Shane and our and our buddy Gabe, who was a pretty casual fan, and then he met us and we dragged him deep into <laughs> and this. I'm happy to do, I'm happy to be here because uh, wrestling has really picked up in the last ten years, and uh, there's a lot that's happened, a lot of exciting stuff even even for the casual fan. A lot of debuts, a lot of events, and we're going to get to all of it. I would say the past 10 years was better than the 10 years before that. Yeah. Um, when it comes yeah. down to moments and then and also where wrestling is at the end of that 10 years. Yes. Because essentially wrestling in the 10 years before that, the, the 20 O's, uh, went from being like as good as it can be. Yeah. Sort yeah. Of, it went, it to, went from. Eh, we need a rebuild. Yeah. It went from WCW, ECW, and WWE all there. All doing okay. Uh, we'll be honest. Uh, like ECW business wise was going really well, except for no one was getting paid. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, you know, and then to the end of it, 
even Ring of Honor had kind of faded a little bit. TNA was a little bit on the downswing. We're going to get to that. Yeah. But yeah, now we start out with, you know, the, the beginning of the decade, basically WWE being the only real show in town to there's three really viable contenders and promotions to follow. And we yeah. will talk about yeah. all three of them mm-hmm. um, in WWE, AEW and New Japan. Yep. Uh, so uh, one of the one of the first things that we wanted that I wanted to talk about uh, going all the way back to 2011 so we made a i made a list of moments uh to kind of track and the the first one that i thought of in this decade was cm punk's pipe bomb promo which then led into money in the bank 2011 right yep right uh because that is kind of a watershed moment like i've talked to even wrestlers that said it's like no that was the moment i like got back into being a fan uh and it was kind of the same for me of like i was you know following it i kind of burnt out a little bit on ring of honor was following it here and there and then my favorite wrestler is finally probably going for the title and might win it and could be doing some interesting things mm-hmm. And this was also him utilizing the internet yep. as well, which is a thing that will be very, yeah. you know, useful in this coming decade of, no, he's going to show up at Comic-Con and there's going to be a YouTube video oh, that somebody's going to post and it's going to be talked about and it's going to be, it's going to go viral. Uh, so yeah. What are, what are you guys thoughts on the, on the promo and money in the bank? Well, uh... Let me just chime in on the promo thing because I'm sure Shane will have some more insights. Um, so I did see this thing back in the day. Um, it popped up. I remember when Netflix had like the year in wrestling on, on for WWE specifically. And it popped up on that, um, well, for obvious reasons because it was a major event. And I watched it back in the day and I thought, man, this CM Punk, he's, you know, really that was honest and that was brutal and it was – it was from the heart, basically, and he was frustrated. Um, and he got, I feel like he got what he wanted out of that promo because he did win the title. For a couple of years, yeah. For a couple of years, and then, like, for a couple of years, he was the top guy. Um, so I rewatched it last night out of preparation for this, and I have some thoughts, and I don't want flack on this, but I'm not as big of a fan as I was when I first saw it because... Okay. There was the point where he's um, in the middle of his spiel. He's sitting crisscross applesauce on the ramp. And all of a sudden, he's getting some cheers from the audience. And he stops what he's saying. And he says, for all you people cheering right now, you're just as much of a reason that I'm, that I'm leaving. And, you know, basically, I don't respect you. Because you're buying those merchandise that my name, that my face isn't on and all that. Um, and in that moment... I felt like he's in the middle of this, like, kind of brilliant um, display of how he actually feels. And I'm agreeing with him on some things. But then he goes around and turns his his back on these fans who were in the moment cheering for him. And I don't know if I can respect that part of it. Because at that point, who, like, 
who can be your friend at that moment, you know? I I think he, looking back yeah. at the at the pipe bomb now, the feelings and the things that has happened to CM Punk now leaves yeah. a bad taste in some of the things that he says, including yeah. that kind of that kind of moment yeah. there. Yeah. Um he Hey Cole Cabana. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> oh boy. Tell the end of the decade. Yep. Yeah. And um, so I think it was obviously a super important moment. Um, I think it was a changing moment in WWE. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something that actually that that was a that was a culture uh, shift. Mm-hmm. I think, I, as you said, he was on top for a few years after that. Yeah. Like he he was he, was, he had a historic title reign. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had the longest. Wasn't title good reign. enough for him though. But oh. yeah. Which well, is ridiculous. He, ba- he basically just wanted it to last. Like he, he just hated how it ended. Yeah, but basically, I mean, oh. so, I'm so sorry that your historic reign ended in a way you didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't necessarily. Yeah, right. Uh, I I never didn't necessarily disagree with him, and uh, I didn't think that the reign should have ended that way. Yeah. But he's also a bit of a, I, I don't know how to a whiny baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. I've, and so some some of the things that he's done since then has put a sour taste in my mouth of rewatching it. Mm-hmm. But once again, like I said, it's it's it is a huge moment. It is a changing moment, and uh, I'm happy that it happened. Yeah. Well, and and Gabe, you've got to remember uh, as much as the the reaction in Chicago kind of tells a different story. CM Punk was a bad guy at this point. For sure, yeah. So, like, he didn't really. Is that where they were in Chicago? And yeah, oh, they were in Chi- they were in Chicago. That was that was the big thing gotcha. about Money in the Bank was uh, the fact that it was in Chicago, in his hometown, and, and all that. And because of that, that's why you know it, it managed to be an even bigger <laughs> deal. And that's just that because that match was the first WWE match in years to get five stars in, oh, okay. in the wrestling observer. And part of that really was the crowd reaction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you get a reaction is a promo like that. Yeah. A promo like that. He's, he's always been beloved in Chicago. For sure. They still um, chant his name. Yep. Every show they go to. And then um, one more thing for me about this is that I did. I just remember this. I watched the CM Punk documentary uh, best in the world yes. and uh, very good documentary by the way if you haven't seen it check it out it was on Netflix for a while I'm not sure if it still is but this was years ago and it was no, it's on it's on the network yeah so. it's on the network that makes sense um, and they it's like a two hour documentary and like an hour and a half into the documentary they bring up the pipe bomb and then they um, pretty much wrap up the documentary shortly after that by by having this like nice fairy tale ending like after that, he went on to a historic title reign, and he became like the leader in the locker room, and everybody respects him. And now he's the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it ended. And then shortly after I saw that documentary, he leaves the company. Yeah, he yep. he walked out. Which yeah, that's that's another moment of like Royal Rumble 2014, mm-hmm. uh, the night after, CM Punk walks out. Just straight up walked out. Wasn't scripted. When I first heard about him, I'm like, oh, that's a weird storyline angle. But nope, it was real. Like, yeah. And also out. Royal Rumble 2014, the day Rey Mysterio got booed out of the building just for not being Daniel Bryan. Yep. And they missed 
out on an opportunity there because there yeah. was all the CM Punk chants, like yeah. just throwing down the uh, the CM Punk music and having yeah. uh, Bad News Barrett do. I'm afraid I got some bad news for yeah. you. Would have been the biggest moment of the that that yeah. would have been the biggest moment of the of that year. Yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Punk walks out, uh, and weirdly enough, Punk walking out because he had the storyline going with Triple H. Mm-hmm. led to one of our next moments, which was Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Because uh, Bryan very much took Punk's spot. Very much so. Of, hey, here's the guy that all these fans mm-hmm. are clamoring for this company to get behind, and they haven't. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to push him to the forefront. It blows my... So bring that that whole mindset up it kind of blows my mind um as being the former casual wrestling fan that it was that a company a worldwide company wouldn't get behind a guy that fans obviously like attract to like a cm punk or uh or a daniel bryan they took so long to make daniel bryan the top star that he was and even though like it felt like years beforehand people were just like daniel bryan's the best wrestler in the world and he's a great character and all that. And he's the great underdog. Um, but they still kept ignoring it. And it was so bizarre, in my opinion. But, but yeah, that um, win at WrestleMania where I think it was the one where he won both titles, correct? Or no? Well. The unified title I think they were unified they, at that time. They were unified at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great match. And Yeah. Was, well, and, and, he, and he beat, uh, he beat Triple H, he beat Triple H in the, in the opening match yeah. and then wins the title all in the in the main event who did he face in the main event again randy orton and blue tista blue t that's right two big dudes yeah. and he conquered them both so he i remember he was taken on the stretcher and then he was brought back in is that correct uh, Am I getting this wrong? He was he was wrapped like he I don't think he was taken off on yeah, a stretcher. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't. But he had out. he had the arm wrapped and he had okay. a he had an injury from the earlier match. And, gotcha. Yeah, um, I would I would I, I gave it a lot of crap at the time, but WWE did all of that correctly. Like they yes, slow built Daniel did. Bryan so well to Mania for that moment, and it was great. It was fantastic once we got to that moment. I mean, yeah, as you said, hindsight was the was where you're like, oh man, that that was great at the time when I was watching. I hated it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. having Sheamus win the belt and yeah. Randy Orton win the belt and just so many different things were happening that I'm just like, this is the worst. And I mean, that all built from uh, was it the year before or two years before that when the Yes Movement really started? Was Daniel Bryan losing in 11 seconds yeah, to Sheamus yeah, on the pre-show, wasn't it? Uh, For the it was championship. On... It was the opening match of the show. I can't remember okay. if it was the kickoff or if it was it was for the U.S. title, wasn't it? No, that it was for the world. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because like, it was the SmackDown World. Yeah, it was the SmackDown World because the next year they were supposed to be on the pre-show, and they got bumped to the dark match. Yep. What for the title? For the U.S. title. For the U.S. Oh, title. The U.S. title. Yeah. But still, holy crap. Yep. Like that's how little they cared about him at, at points. Yep. But actually, speaking of of even the Yes movement, one of the, one of the other things, kind of one of the the things that helped the Yes movement along was having this villainous stable for Kane and and Daniel Bryan to go against, and that was the debuting Shield. Yep. Yeah. 
you which know, great debut right there. Which was which was also during CM Punk's historic title reign. Mm-hmm. Uh, lengthened oh, yeah. it by a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, uh, Dean Ambrose coming out in turtlenecks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Such baby for one too. for one day, and then they're like, "We're never wearing those turtlenecks like, again." Turtlenecks, bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. But it got pretty hot in them. Uh, but yeah, you got yeah, you got the Shield debut, like, and then all those amazing six man tags. Yep, it was afterwards. pretty much Team Hell No, and then a rotating uh, third member. Uh, yeah, over like, and over again. Like, it was, like, Team Hell No. I think the TLC one was, like, Team Hell No and Ryback. I remember there being Ryback. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was so weird, but it's, like, I am definitely rooting for Ryback just because, like, it was that point in time of, like, yeah, this guy's awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep, good old Reinington Backington. Um, It's his full name. You don't say. Oh, I did. I just said it. But it's just so weird that that, like... That was like yeah, 2012, the the yep. Shield debut. Mm-hmm. Yep, so long ago, and they had their historic run. I mean, they ran the company. They're still running the company, except for one of them. It's like two of them are um, two of them, and and good for them because their matches were insanely fun to watch. Yeah, their their chemistry was I've never seen anything like it before, and um like. The ending to their matches, like the last five minutes, their all their matches were just complete chaos. But it was organized chaos in their in their world because they just knew everything that was going on at any given moment. But as the as a viewer, I was just like, "Holy crap!" Like bodies are just flying everywhere. But then it all builds for an epic ending, and yeah. I was never disappointed with the Shield match. Yeah, yeah, they they were always a lot of fun, and then. Yeah, one of the other moments is Seth Rollins turning on. Yeah. Which was also surprising because pretty much everyone thought it was Ambrose. Everybody thought it was going to be Ambrose. Everybody thought it was going to be Ambrose making the turn, and and Rollins was pretty much the least likely, in my opinion, to to turn because it was the the guy that you knew they were going to push, the guy that had the best promo, and then the flippy guy. Yeah. And I was like, it's not going to be the flippy guy. Yeah. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. but it was. Yeah, it it was the flippy guy. It's real weird. It's real weird realizing it's like, no, no, that's that's the guy that they got behind and then, for better or worse, kept being behind yep. for the next five years. Yeah. Because they wanted wanted Reigns. Yep. Nobody else wanted Reigns, so Rollins is what we got. Yeah. Yeah, they that company for sure pushed Reigns for a long time. Oh my God, shoved him down our throats. Mm -hmm. And I, um, being the well the fan that I am, I never had a huge problem with Reigns. But of course, I I know, I know in retrospect he's not the best wrestler out there, but he's still a fun guy in the ring in my opinion. But I know that's kind of like the unpopular opinion. It's not an unpopular opinion. I mean, I disagree with the opinion, but yeah. I, I wouldn't say that's unpopular. It's on un, maybe unpopular for like the internet community. Yes, that's what yeah. I was referring but, to. Yeah. But yeah, I've I've always found him boring both in the ring and on the mic. But he's on the mic he, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but he is very much the uh, prototypical WWE wrestler of you know give him give him those five moves and he's gonna do them to death. Yep. Uh, and the five moves bore me, uh, and yeah. and his in particular bore me. Yeah. 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 Um, but I don't want to keep jumping around, but uh, I'm just gonna briefly mention it. Do you, does uh, the um, cancer 
speech or uh, promo come up at all? Uh, it can. Okay. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't on the list. But I, I realized that was very much a glaring omission. Yeah. Because yep. now uh, that I think about it, that was an incredible moment, and it was like one of three times that actually kind of teared. Well, maybe two times that actually kind of teared up. Um, about a promo. And this was another honest... Oh, I've had a few of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Shane and I have both probably had a few of those just because of... As, as soon as he hits the mic, like, the crowd is doing their typical boo Roman Reigns thing. And then as soon as he, like, kind of stutters a little bit and says, my, my actual name is Joe, I'm just like, uh-oh, yep. something real is about to go down. Yeah. And then he admits that he was going through... Uh, leukemia. Leukemia, thank you. I was going to say something else, but... Um, and uh, so that's kind of when people kind of turn the tide on Roman Reigns in terms of appreciating him for what he is. Because at that point, you're just like booing the character of Roman Reigns because he's boring is, you know, the last thing that you want to do. Yeah. Because. And, and you know, you're no one was going to boo him in that situation, no. obviously. No. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, but. And then his return and then his speech or his, uh, I keep saying speech, his uh, promo when he returned was just like, that was another time that I kind of welled up a little bit. He's just like, I'm in remission, y'all. I'm just like, oh my God, that's great. And I thought, and that was great news. And they smartly didn't try to shove him back down our throats right away. They've been, they've been a lot smarter in this current run of like, we're not going to throw him down everybody's throats. But then I'm also like, yeah, it's because it's not Mania yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. eventually he will he, be. Like, he's probably going to be the one to win the Rumble, you know? Yeah. But he could, this would be a weird thing. He could win the Rumble and actually get cheered this time. Yeah. He could be. Well, it has been a while since that promo, so, you know. Maybe hey, he's not in Philly. Any... That's God. true. No, it was Pittsburgh. It, it was, was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That that the Rock got booed just because of being associated with Roman man Reigns. the look on the Rock's face when that was happening too he was like what is going on right now yeah. like he had no idea he's like I haven't been booed since I was with the company as a heel like this yeah is he hasn't been he hasn't been booed since like Hollywood Rock yeah right yeah but actually uh, it's a good so good segue actually of you know the the times when. You know, we've we've had these the, the those, those speeches of mm-hmm. like uh, one of mine, and this is early in the decade, the start of the decade. Uh, one of mine was Edge's retirement. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. Like, I, I cried during that. Yeah, like it was like because growing up, I loved like Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. Yes, and it was and like, oh, these these are so awesome. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Edge's. Edge has to retire. He came out of nowhere too. Because yeah, he a week won before that. He he won at Mania. Yeah, he won. He he won the title at Mania. Retained. Wasn't on Raw the next night, and it was like, well, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. are they? Because at first I just thought it's like, oh, are they given like Shawn Michaels his time because you know he just has you know ended his career too, mm-hmm. and then like the week later it's like, oh. Edge is retiring. What? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> really? The rated R superstar himself. Those moments when you see those strong men in the ring welling up themselves. Yeah. Are, well, but are then, tough. but then, like in in Edge's case, at least you had a feel good moment to come out of it, 
because him then helping Christian win the title. Yeah. And me being like a big Christian fan. I, I was like, so happy to see Christian like, win the title. Christian actually won the title and Edge helped. Yeah. This is great. I wish yeah. they did something with that yeah. other than three months of nut shots. Um, yeah. But. Um, oh, we, oh, we'll get to more nut shots that's later. True. Uh, but uh, another one for me would be Daniel Bryan's yeah, Daniel retirement Bryan's, speech. Yeah. That was that was another one where that that uh, got me what got say? me teary eyed. Say his brain doesn't work so good anymore, or something like that. Was yep. The quote? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and yeah, like the yeah the Brian one got me because you know the the first indie company I really got into was Ring of Honor, and it was basically during. And just before Brian's world title run, mm-hmm. when he was, you know, the best wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was like, oh, man, this guy, like, I've, I want, and for some reason, like, I didn't go to that many, like, WWE shows hmm. in at that point. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, I've seen, I've literally seen him and, and Nigel McGuinness wrestle in front of me for an hour. Wow. And it was amazing. Sounds like and it. now at that point I was like, and now both of them are done. Mm-hmm. Yep. What? Mm-hmm. Now both of them are in WWE. Yeah. Both of them. No, but like both of them were at that point were done. We're retired. Yeah. You know, cause Nigel had Forced his out. stuff and like Brian had his stuff and it's like both of these guys, like what the hell? Um, but yeah, there. But it also brings up uh, Shane and I talked about this b- before uh, in jumping around on more. There, there were some moments that at the at the time, uh, kind of like like Roman coming back mm-hmm. and like like wow, this is a huge moment. And then it's like, oh, okay, what are they going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. And turns out they didn't do much with it, but that the moment itself. So same it same thing amazing. with Daniel Bryan coming back. Yeah. I was just gonna bring that up, yeah, because yep. actually yep. that was a big push when he came when he came back, wasn't it? Were you saying it wasn't? Uh, no, no, it was. I'm talking about the moment of him coming back, yeah. and then mm-hmm. and then he did get a slight big push right away, and then mm-hmm. and yeah. then that kind of died as well, though. Oh. Well. Um, I mean, he's still obviously like he was just champion. Yeah. Uh, not not long ago, so he's, yeah. it's not like it completely he's still, died away. Yeah, he's he's, he's, still in the main he's title yeah he's feuding yeah. with with the fiend. He's not wrestling the fiend this weekend, but oh, thank God, because uh, the Miz is <laughs> this weekend, okay. What's this weekend? Or next weekend? Oh, next TLC. Weekend? Yeah, TLC okay. here. Yeah, here. in Minneapolis. Are you yeah. Go again? Probably not. Okay. No. Uh, my friend Thor is. He's nice. he said he's going, but is Loki? Boo. No, he re- he really. He really should have named one of his dogs Loki. It would have been funny. Missed opportunity there. Um, Maybe next time. But, uh, yeah, in in that, like, like, like this year, we we thought it was an amazing moment. Kofi Kingston winning the world title. I loved that moment so much. Like, I was happy. Like, that was a... I, I, I could have had a happy tear. I I didn't, but, like, that was one of those moments where I was so happy. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. that that match took place in the middle of the card, and if I remember correctly, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of matches or moments stood out 
after that. I mean, that would have been a great moment to close the show. Well, the closing yeah, of the, the show was the, the show, first yeah. women's main event. Yeah, sp- okay, yeah. yeah, that was um, great. Yay. Yeah. But well, that, I, th- I think the, the, the finish getting screwed up really hurt, really hurt really that. Hurt that. Yeah. Uh, also, the uh, the entrance of the helicopter was kind of weird. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> There was there was a lot of misses in that main event. It all all in all wasn't a terrible match, but there was some 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 misses and some botches, which kind of hurt the final final kind of look of it. But no, the the Kofi Kofi winning was the biggest moment in my eyes of that show. Kofi Mania, and they were building that for quite some time for the proper steps I and think. accidentally building yep. it because he yeah. took he uh, took yeah. Ali's spot. Yeah, he took Ali's spot. And then he had some really close finishes there on those other pay-per-views, like the one with the dividers. Good Lord, what's the name of it? What The one where everybody's Elimination the Chamber? There we go. The one with the dividers. <laughs> that is the weirdest <laughs> way to... to... There's glass and the mu- And the multiplication errors. Uh... Yep. And there's six of them. And then he had some cool spots there, like diving off the cage and all that. And then he, like, trapped... What was it? Dan O'Brien on top of the... On top of the uh chamber and that was pretty cool yeah um and then his title reign came to an epic conclusion oh, in six boy. seconds and they moved on from that feud immediately um thank yep. you brock lesnar the most boring champion in recent history in my humble opinion and, and everyone got the rematch they were clamoring for 15 years ago of kane velasquez versus brock yep. lesnar yep. hey but it led into a really good Rey mysterio match that's true Rey mysterio <laughs> lesnar um mm-hmm. yeah they that... had fun moments like yeah. when uh, Ray's kid when came out. Dominic. Yeah. Dominic. Uh, Eddie's kid. Yeah. Uh-oh. Is that true? The, oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh, this might have oh, been when you weren't yes. watching. <laughs> they, they had a uh, um, <laughs> DNA test on a pole match. Like, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> that, there was a that, whole thing. That was, that was uh, so it's, sadly, this is one of Ray, one of Eddie Guerrero's last storylines. Oh, no. Um. Like, it wrapped up, and then, like, two months later... Yeah. Because it was, like, SummerSlam was the, the ladder match, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, SummerSlam was the ladder Summer match. SummerSlam or then, something. And then it and was... And then it he, was... he died in no, October. October. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, that's... They were fighting wow. over custody and who was the true parent of Dominic. Yeah. Oh, because Eddie was claiming that he was the, he yeah. was the actual then, dad. Yeah, and then he brought, he brought back... Because uh, when, when he had... When he was doing this stuff with China early, early on, he had the I'm your poppy mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> t-shirt mm-hmm. and he brought that t-shirt back <laughs> during that feud. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. Very oh, good. <laughs> Eddie was, Eddie was so good. Eddie, Eddie was so good. True. Actually segueing uh, nicely to, to the main event mm-hmm. of that show kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. Charlotte. Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. Uh, first women's main event in WrestleMania history, you know, very significant. You know, we, we also, we can touch on a little bit Rhonda's debut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the, are you talking about her actual debut or the her, one with the rock, uh, and let's Stephanie give her, McMahon? Let's give her actual debut. Cause I want to talk about Stephanie McMahon as little as possible on this podcast. Came out and pointed to a sign. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh man, she pointed so hard at that sign. Yeah. And she smiled. And we've gotten uh two of those three matches, I think. No, did we yeah, we got yeah, we got Ronda versus Alexa. Yes. 
We got Ronda yeah, versus Charlotte. Unfortunately, we got Ronda versus Alexa because that was a complete squash match. Yeah. But did, I don't think we ever got Ronda versus Asuka. No. And that would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. But, yeah, so so we had the, the main event of WrestleMania 35. Uh, all these these fun stuff. So yeah, what did you what did you think at the time, and now what do you think in hindsight of of that main event? Um, the main event, I, I you know what, I'm gonna be honest. I think I left early that night. Um, I don't. I think, think you actually, did too. I think you left I, after Kofi. I think I left. Yeah, I think you left, left after Kofi because yeah. I think there was snow on the way, and I didn't want to drive in the snow. Um, so it's not because I'm sexist. It's because I hate driving in the snow. Um, but. <laughs> Not wanting to drive in the snow is sexist. Well, the fact that I didn't watch the epic. I know I get I get what yeah, you're saying. Exactly, and so um, I think that they've definitely upped their game in the women's division in that company, abs tenfold, um, and it's better than it's ever been. So there's not much I can say about it, but uh, I think Becky's a great um, champion slash top person. Because I don't know if she's heel or face, and she's—I like that character that she's playing. She's playing the female Stone Cold Steve Austin at times, and it's a good look for her. So, as I said before, there was there were some misses in the match, there were some problems, uh, but I mean, all in all, it wasn't a bad match, and they chose the right winner. Becky going over, yep, was fantastic. Was um, she the man at that point? Yes, okay. yes, because she was the man. In November 2018. Okay. Because that's, that's, it was, it's funny, it's all an accident, kind of. Because mm-hmm. I have a feeling it was sub, just supposed to be Ronda versus Charlotte. Mm. Oh, 100%. Uh, for Mania. And then, because that's why it was supposed to be Becky versus Ronda at Survivor Series. Right, yes. And then Nia Jax broke Becky's nose. Right. Which was a great moment in itself. It sucks that it was an actual yeah. pretty significant injury. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just that visual of Becky up in the, con- like, up in the fans, mm-hmm. bloody, you know. Yeah. She she was the man at that point, mm-hmm. like it was so good. And then, yeah, then Charlotte had to have the match at Survivor Series mm-hmm. instead, so that meant it was, which was know, an okay match if I remember correctly. It was fine. I just I just don't love Charlotte, right? You know, yeah. so like she she's always been good, but she's I I honestly. In ranking like the four horsewomen, she might be three or four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know. Yeah, I'd probably put her four. Yeah, uh, in the rankings, I'd probably go Becky, Becky, Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte. Yeah, Becky, Bailey, yeah. Sasha, Charlotte. In that's, my opinion, yeah, that's that's um, my when it comes to too. wrestling ability. That's that's yeah. my ranking. I um. Don't have anything against Charlotte's in-ring ability. Um, I just think her character is a little boring at this point. Um, yeah, I would go she... in-ring ability uh, as as the fan that I am. Um, I'm going to get some heat for this. Oh, well. I go Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey. Um, I've never been a huge Bailey fan. I'm sorry. I know that there's a lot of diehard Bailey fans out there. Um, I just think that the character got a little old. Um, what about now that she has the Karen haircut and wants to speak to your manager? Oh, no, does she? Yeah. I've been watching WWE in a while. 
Oh, God, no. Yeah, she cut her hair. It's a good look. It's, it's better than the pony off to the side, it's, I guess. It's, Ponytail. I appreciate that she, that she was willing to, to make a change. Okay. You know. Good for her. Uh, and actually, speaking of the other half of the, the horsewomen, since we got Becky and Charlotte, uh, let's actually go all the way back Yeah. to NXT Brooklyn 1, uh, which was the, the first time they did SummerSlam weekend mm. and TakeOver, and it was not headlined, even though... Everybody thinks it was headlined by uh, Sasha versus Bailey, and it was probably it was kind of the match that it's like no, the women should have been the main event on this show. Yeah, <laughs> like it was uh, it was Balor versus Owens, Joe? Balor versus Joe. I can't, I, think I can't. It was Balor Joe. At yeah, this I think point. it was Balor Joe. I can't. Yeah, I can't even remember because like it was. Not uh, yeah, it wasn't as important. Yeah, and it was like no, the women should have main evented this show, mm. and then the next show they rectified that and they're like, nope, the women are main eventing this show. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, it's an Iron Woman match, and you know, it's the finals of the tag titles earlier, but you know, the the women are going to be the main event of yeah. of a takeover, and yeah. it, it needed to happen because. Especially since it was the the Iron Woman match, like nothing was gonna follow that, mm-hmm. you know, breaking frickin' Izzy's headband and just watching this child cry in that, the front row. That's what I was gonna bring up is yeah, I remember Sasha Banks uh, make a child cry. That was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it was fun of like she yeah she took her headband and then she crawled in the ring and then like did a little pouty face dance or so I don't know what she was doing but yeah. it was. Yep hilarious yeah and then she broke the headband and then she broke the headband because she's an evil evil woman she is. um <laughs> but yeah like and just in general like the nxt women's division like from the point even from the the first back to the first takeover which like them i believe the match was charlotte versus natalia on the on the on the first takeover because it was right after the was it charlotte natalia i will i will look this up but the, but, but the nxt women's division in general from the, from the four horsewomen era on uh even to right now which is such a ridiculously stacked women's division yeah the the women's wrestling the past 10 years has just gotten better and better and better. And thankfully, I mean, thankfully they made the change, the women's revolution, but I mean, really that, that change started in NXT and started way before. And it was, it's just, I'm just, I'm loving it. They, as you were saying, like there's many, many times now that they've had the best match of the night, uh, over and over again, it's happened. Yeah. Not only in terms of, uh, like, prominence but it's uh, the the women's division but the quality of the matches has also been better um it's they've come a long way since the broad panties matches of 
the attitude era. So yeah. or the pudding, or the pudding matches, or the gravy, the the Thanksgiving gravy mm-hmm. matches. Or yeah, you're just getting me all fired up here, Shane. Uh, how dare how dare oh, I? Yeah. How dare you, brother? Uh, uh, I, I did look it up. Uh, NXT Arrival, uh, which actually is a, in a, another good place, was was uh, Emma versus Paige was the women's match. Um, I'm going to get a look at Shane to get his opinion on that one. Yeah. Uh, but, but, like, NXT Arrival also is notable. Emma also was so good. Emma's so good. Like she wasn't. She was good. Is she? Yeah, no, she's Ring still. She's now? still good. Um, she's in is Impact. She Ring, is she Impact now? Okay. Impact. I just her. haven't seen her much because she's been Ring of Honor and Impact, which are two things I do not watch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, well, we'll we'll segue to that after. Uh, but yeah, NXT Takeover Arrival, uh, which was the first network special on the WWE Network. Mm. Uh, hey, hence the name. Arrival, isn't that clever? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I never caught that till just now. Well, I'm glad I'm here to, to point it out. I mean, it was better than the next one, which was <laughs> our evolution. Yeah, there's a reason why they didn't do that that name again. Yeah, I mean, it was the first takeover technically, mm. uh, but it was takeover our evolution. It's like, no, that's really dumb. I mean, you have one of your more significant moments in NXT history on that show uh, in multiple ways, uh, because our evolution was uh, Sami Zayn wins the title. Mm. And I then, yep. no, Go but then and this keeps going in NXT history. Uh-huh. The little copyright bug oh. hits on the corner. And everybody thinks the show's over. And then Kevin Owens turns. Yes. It's yep. the post. It's the first post credit scene sort of in NXT. Scene. I mean, uh, no, I, yeah. yeah, no, they weren't off the air, but, but yeah, they, they weren't off the air, but they, they but put the symbol the, one up. So that make you think they're about yes, to go off the air before. Yep. And he then got up. boom. Gotcha. Um, and we can literally go with like five <laughs> moments yeah. that are actually all pretty significant of no, no, these here's, here's the things. Mm-hmm. So that was the first one. So Kevin Owens turning on Sami Zayn. Uh, so Sami Zayn has one of the shortest NXT title reigns at that point, well, which how long did he go like barely a month. Yeah. It was, wow. it was about a month. Yeah. Just because of how takeovers were spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Samoa Joe screwed that one up later by losing it to Nakamura like a week, mm. week after he wins it. So that, that was our first instance of that. The, uh, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn feud is, has been one of my favorite feuds in the past 10 years, I would say, because yeah. every time that they had a match, it was electric and I might even, I know we're not getting into like best matches of the past 10 years. Maybe we are. I would Eventually. have to vote. I would uh, have to make a little honored mention of uh, honorable mention of uh, the two of them going out of that battleground. No, not battleground. Um, no, it was battleground. Battleground. Yeah, that match where um, Sami Zayn hit Kevin Owens twice with the hill of a kick yeah. was incredible, and it was you could tell the history between the two, and everyone's going fight forever, and rightfully so because the two of them had the best chemistry um at the time and yeah. uh 
I don't know what's happened their characters as of late. I know that Sami Zayn's more of a hype man these days. Um, and Kevin Sami Zayn is currently the Owens best thing. manager in WWE. There yeah, you go. He, he is because I've kind of gotten fed up with Paul Heyman at this point. Yeah. Um, just doing the same shtick. Yeah. That he's been doing. Since well, it's just it's just more more my lack of enthusiasm for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sami Zayn is yeah probably the best manager in WWE right yeah. now. Uh, and he's got uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro, I believe, are his two. Oh, Cesaro's on there now. Yeah. It's him. Oh, okay. So some of the other, you know, I labeled them post-credit scenes. Mm-hmm. Like we had, you know, Gargano, uh, Gargano and, and Ch- Champa turning on Gargano yep. was a post-credit really scene, one. which was Takeover Chicago. Uh, which was like you almost forget that <laughs> because of that moment, you almost forget. Oh yeah, they literally had the the match of the year like three matches earlier, but <laughs> right. and Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate just tearing up the freaking house. house. And it's like that match was so cool. Oh, Takeover Chicago is gonna be remembered for when. Champa turned on Gargano though, mm-hmm. um, and then I know you you wanted to bring it up. Uh, one of the other post credits ones yeah. was was the debut of Adam Cole. Baby, yes, that was uh, awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it live, but I heard about it, and then I watched the highlight of it, and I um, didn't know who Adam Cole was at the time, but I sure do know who he is now, yeah. and yep. he is one of my favorite current wrestlers. And every time he's on screen, I just get a pop. Uh, not a pop. Uh, I I pop up for. Oh, okay, that just sounds. I'm digging myself into a hole there. Yeah. Um, I just. I'm, I'm cool. gonna say nothing. <laughs> I um, think that his time with the Young Bucks was amazing. We'll get to that later on. Um, yeah. And then to have him all of a sudden go to the WWE. I didn't know what was going on in being the elite because I didn't watch it at the time, but. Uh, yeah, I'm just jumping all over the place. I love Adam Cole, and that was a great, uh, great debut. And uh, yeah, it was against Drew McIntyre, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think um, that was the match McIntyre got hurt on too. Yes. Because uh, then he was out for a few months. Yeah, because that's when they they dropped it quick to Andrade. Yep. Like right after. Um, but actually, uh. You you unwittingly uh, kind of segued us into you know something else, mm-hmm. uh, which you know you said Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, yep. uh, and it's funny that it wasn't as big of a deal at the time, and but I, I still remember when they kicked Adam Cole out of the Bullet Club mm-hmm. was also the debut of Marty Skrull yep. in the Bullet Club. Uh, yep. which, you know, that, that ended up being kind of significant of like Marty Skrull. Uh, the whole bullet club in general, like the debuts and the kicking outs and all that are all epic and yeah. great, but yeah, They're, Marty Skrull amazing. So, well, and it's, it's so funny cause that, that was one of those moments, just the bullet club formation in general, mm-hmm. yep. uh, is like kind of one of those at the time innocuous moments of like. Oh, Finn, uh, Prince Devitt just turned on and uh, on, on Reisuke to yeah. Kaguchi. Yep. And and suddenly know. there's there's a 
Tonga and Bad Luck Fale and and Anderson. Yeah, well, yeah, because it was ju- it was just Fale at first. So the the first two members were were Devitt and Fale, and then the next show, Tama Tonga and Carl Anderson joined in. Yep. Um, so that's why it's the the original four. When did Luke Gallows join? Uh, they Not were for like a year. Yeah, they they were they Gallows and the Young Bucks came in about the end of the. Uh, it says before the end of the year. I was looking up the date yeah, that this yep. happened when, when we were talking about it. So what uh, what was the year? Uh, 2013. Okay, so, so they yeah, it was no, May 2013 was the forming of the Bullet Club, and yep. then yeah, by the end of 2013, uh, the Young Bucks and Gallows were, were part of it as well. Right yep. Um, and boy, oh boy, did that help launch a lot of different yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, because uh, 2014, uh, AJ Styles joins. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, well, because May 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 2013. Uh, on that exact show, uh, that's that's invasion attack. That's the second Tanahashi and and Okada match. Because mm. uh, Okada just he's he's this young boy who had just gone on excursion, had done a terrible run in TNA, uh, mm-hmm. and as Okado, because yes he was. Kato to Samoa Joe's Green Hornet. That's gross. Yep. That's so gross. Yep. <sighs> that happened. Uh, and then he comes back, has a kind of terrible match with the Oshihashi, huh. and then challenges Tanahashi for the title. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, all right, cool. This is. You know, Tanahashi literally just broke the record for most title defenses. I guess he's going to get one more because yep. he's going to beat the shit out of this kid. <laughs> and uh, it's like, oh, turns he, out no. he didn't. <laughs> they had a really good match. And here's the launch of a, <laughs> arguably the best wrestler of the decade. Yeah. I... Okada. 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 Sorry. <laughs> it's Okada. It's... There's very little debate. It's it's Okada. Maybe you can maybe make a case for like Styles, Styles, but like he's he had the terrible TNA run at the beginning. Yeah, that's true because it wasn't until mid decade. Yeah, it wasn't until mid decade that he went to New Japan, Um, and then this last year he's been fine. mm -hmm. Um. Like he his peak in the middle of the decade was really good. I will grant you that. If Daniel Bryan didn't retire for a few years, he's part of that conversation. I mean, yeah. he's still part of the conversation. I think he's uh, still top John, five. Uh, one one uh, that could be brought up, John Cena. John Cena could be brought up. Yep, yeah. he definitely could be. I'm not going to do it. You're but, not going to. But he could be brought. But up. like, think he's about had some really good. Think matches. about that, like the U.S. title run. Yes, the <laughs> when it was just indie John Cena. When he was just pulling out code reds. Honestly, someone who could be discussed is also Chris Jericho. Jericho, yeah. Mm, yeah. He's had a lot of good stuff this decade. Yep. Um, but yeah, in, in, in talking with uh, the... So yeah, this decade we get, you know, the Okada-Tadahashi feud, yep. which is amazing. Like, you got three Wrestle Kingdoms um, over four years. Uh, the one Wrestle Kingdom in between is actually the launch of a very significant character uh, going forward. Yeah, Naito. Yep. <laughs> I mean, accidental launch, like, kind of, but yep. 
It's like, hey, here, we're going to get behind this guy and push him to the moon. Oh, you guys really hate him. Okay. Uh, we Yikes. screwed up. Sorry. Uh, oh, he hates. He's going to turn on management and become a bad guy. And then the fans will clamor to him. Okay. So, yeah, the even the in-between year ends up being significant. But yeah, you you get that you get uh, Nakamura's IC title reign yeah. in in New Japan. Uh, you know he'd he'd lose it and then win it back and then you know, but that was his belt for like three years. You know, it was great. Like probably still, and we'll talk about it when we talk about like best matches of the decade and kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But Still, my my favorite match, and what Toriyanu kind of launch? And... We'll bring up Toriyanu <laughs> later. Uh, but... He's like out of it here. He's like, I don't know anything about New Japan. Oh no, no, no. I'm I wish gonna, I'm I did, gonna... Mom, because I've Kyle's shown me some like key matches of New Japan over the past couple of years. Yeah, and they're all incredible. Yep. yep. I just don't know who any of them are. Um. One of the matches that you showed me was from one or two years ago at this point. It was uh, Kenny Omega and Tana. No, uh, I'm going to get this. No, his partner. His oh, uh, Kota Ibushi? Oh, Ibushi. Yes, yeah. Ibushi. Oh, yeah. Tanahashi and Will Ospreay. And oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. That was. Yep. That was. And that yeah. was a free match. That was most you good. You showed it to me and you're like, here's. Oh no, you, you didn't. It sh- was no, it it, it was it was it was yeah. It was yeah. like they put it up on 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 YouTube for free, uh, which was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of the, so we talked about the internet and you know all that stuff. Uh, you know those those random like free matches that like some of the indie promotions have put up lately. Yeah. Um, so well, I'll start with lately and then kind of go back. Uh, OTT. Yeah, you know me. I was waiting for it because I knew it because he does it every time. Yep, <laughs> you're so predictable, Shane. Thanks. Yep. Uh, but they they have done this amazing job with Jordan Devlin, and being so OTT is an Irish promotion. Oh, you almost said it. I, I know. I had so I had to go quick. Kept going. Uh, it's an Irish promotion. Uh, and if you know anything about the, the European scene, there's like one Irish promotion, everybody else, like other than, so you, you have the high highs of your, you know, current Finn Balor Mm -hmm. and then you've got like Jordan Devlin and then everybody else in the European scene is British or German. Yep. Well, Seamus is uh, Irish. Yeah, he hasn't been around. He's been in WWE for 12 years. Yeah, and oh. same thing with Becky. She's also been in WWE for like I 12 years. Yeah. Okay. But so like for on the on the indie scene, it's like, I mean, yeah, these Irish, like there's really no Irish people to cheer really. And like this promotion's based in Ireland. And then they kind of luck into, well, I guess we got Jordan Devlin. I guess yeah. we can we can put him on a couple shows. We can just push him to the moon. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna not have him lose for fourteen months. That's a maybe a good idea. Uh, and then he finally wins the title, 
and it's insane. And then Walter chokes him out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Walter beats him for the title. And it's silence. It was amazing. And then just recently, he won the title back, and it looked like a freaking soccer riot when oh, really? he won it. It was so, like, in all the good ways, like, the our team won and we're freaking excited. Yeah, like, not, not in the flipping over cars. No, not in the flipping over cars. Soccer yeah. riot. <laughs> but just, like, Fighting this is amazing, you know. Uh, but part of that is it's all because they they heard the hype and were like, Let's capitalize on this. Let's yeah. throw this out out there for free. Mm-hmm. See if we can get, you know, more traffic. And they did. Well, you're talking about free. Uh, I mean, I learned about progress because they had their – they put up an entire free show because they messed up the, the taping a little bit. So they yeah. said, we're not going to charge for this one. And it was uh, Finn Balor at the time, Prince uh, Devitt, yep. his final match uh, in in progress. I yep. think his final match in the indie scene. Before uh, one one of his final one of matches. the final matches. He had he literally had one more for progress, like a less than a month later. Oh, okay, but it was at uh, it was at Download Festival. <laughs> so it was... so it wasn't really a like indie show that you could promote, yeah, kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, it was it was uh, progress chapter thirteen. It's the unbelievable Jeffrey. Or yeah, they still like had that. the Nazi staff, and there was <laughs> yes. um there was um, um Andrew, I think it was Mark Andrews and uh, and uh, and Havoc. Oh, and Havoc. Yeah, that yep. that was the main event, and it was the ladder match. Yep. Uh, but which was it's cool and... like that's a weirdly like significant show for for progress. Like yep. when you see all the stuff on it, it was like uh, Devitt versus Saber. Yes. Uh, Devitt comes out in the in the Joker paint. Nice. You know, because he was he was still doing. It's the the thing WWE doesn't like talking about, but it's like yeah, no, he was doing the face paint stuff and the the body paint way be- way before he became the demon. Uh, but yeah, he, he came out in the Joe in the Joker outfit uh, Very nice. to wrestle Zack Saber Jr. in a really good match. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was also the same show that uh, it was Swords of Essex versus I think London Riots. Uh, but it was so Swords of Essex is. Will Ospreay and Paul Robinson. Oh, okay. It's the show Robinson turns on him. He turns on him, basically leaves him for dead for Jimmy Havoc to come out stuck in the middle hits. Havoc is going to cut Will Ospreay's ear off. In a wrestling. Yeah, because in a wrestling ring, because it's Jimmy Havoc. And psycho guy who staples everybody these days. He's not allowed to. He gets fined now. Yeah, but he literally then just stapled the the, 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 check. the check to somebody, which yep. is great. I love Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was during Jimmy's you know big title run, his 600 day title run. Mm. Uh, so it was the start of the Will Osprey feud in some ways. Um, because weirdly enough, it was supposed to actually, the feud was intended to be Havoc versus Andrews, Mm. but Andrews, I think ended up going to the U S for a couple months 
So they needed somebody Doing stuff to, with his band, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so they needed somebody to fill in. And it, and they were like, well, I guess the fans are getting behind this Will Ospreay kid. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we can use him. And that's who ends up, you know, they have this series of matches in progress. Uh, but yeah, chapter 13 was up, is up for free uh, because mostly because of the fact that it was, it was Havoc versus Andrews in a ladder match. Yes. For the Nazi staff. Yes. For the Nazi. I cannot, I cannot just put this away enough. The, there's a Nazi staff involved in progress. Yeah. Like it was a real Nazis. The, like, no, it, it was, it's just an Eagle, but it's very much a uh, like, Oh, okay. yeah. It, it was does, a golden it, Eagle. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't, boy. and it doesn't help having Jimmy Havoc. Look the way he looks. The way he looks in a trench coat, holding a a staff with an eagle. Uh, You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm very happy they got rid of that. Yeah, it was really dumb looking. It also was foam. (laughs) So, like, I think at one point, like a piece of it broke off, and you're like, "Mm, "Oh boy, that staff is bad." Yeah. Well, I think the whole time they they did it at first because they wanted to be different. Which, eh, you know, sure was different, uh, but then they also did it because like, oh, we literally can't afford a title. Yeah. <laughs> These belts are way more expensive than we thought. Uh, let's uh, let's wait on that. Let's wait on that until we know that this is actually going to be a real promotion. Uh, and then it's like, oh, like 14 episodes, 14 shows in. All right. Cause yeah, I think I I want to say it was is chapter fourteen that the title actually debuted. Oh, it was the next one. It's, I think it's the ne- <laughs> it's the next one or the one after it, uh, because uh, I know when Havoc loses it to Osprey, he he's got the the title, and he had the title for a couple shows mm. at least. So, uh, but yeah, it's just it was fun indie stuff. I was about to say, can can we say that that indie wrestling? On, on the whole has been amazing this decade. I mean, yeah, we're talking, we've already mentioned a lot of different wrestlers that we've, we all enjoy Jimmy Havoc, um, yeah. being, being the one there, Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay. Uh, yeah, and, and a lot of names that are currently in WWE too, like Ricochet. Ricochet. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was going to say, we've got a perfect segue for one, 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 uh, one match for sure. Uh, Ospreay versus Ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about the other one that, is actually linked in the in the spreadsheet that you had. Um, it was the Young Bucks and Adam Cole Bay versus oh, yeah, yeah, Ricochet, yeah. Osprey, and Matt Seidel. Seidel? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Seidel. Matt Seidel. It Seidel. was the only problem I had with that match, um, and then I'll let you guys get on your uh, Osprey versus Ricochet. Um, <laughs> Osprey versus Ricochet. Um, Osprey. Is, uh, the only problem I had with that match is that the video itself was only highlights of the match. If yeah. they actually showed the match itself, that would have been the match of the decade, in my opinion. Yeah, it's PWG. Uh, yeah. It was it's incredible. it's the highest level of of indies. Like mm-hmm. the they always joke that PWG is the like the all star game of independent wrestling. Yep. They bring especially, especially especially Bola Weekend, mm. um, which is Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah, ba- Battle of Los it's Angeles. A tournament. Yes. Um, it's yeah, it's a tournament they hold every. August or September, depending. 
Um, it, where it, they just get the biggest indie names out there to be like, hey, go ham. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we got three days. Uh, there's 24 of you. Go. <laughs> there's 24. And in, in that case, that year, uh, Adam Cole was the champion mm. of PWG. And he was like, screw you guys. I'm not defending the belt. I'm not in this. I don't. Why would I be in this tournament in the first place? And, you know, why? Why would I? A, what was the tournament for? It's just bragging rights. Okay. Like eventually, like most of the time, um, it, it's a title you, shot. You end up end. getting a title shot. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's like Adam Cole's like, why the hell would I? Hey, do that. It's like, oh, and so he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle with the bucks every night. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, that was the most prominent. That was like the best of the, the three. Um, because I think it was night one and night two were, were his like six man tags. Mm-hmm. I want to say the other one was against Phoenix Pentagon and like, Flamita or like it was a random third person. Yeah. Flamingo was involved. Um, but then obviously the, the one everybody looked at was like, wait, we got Adam Cole and the young bucks versus like the three flippiest guys on the planet. (laughs) Um, and at that point, Ricochet and Seidel were the junior tag champions in, in new Japan, I believe. Yeah. It was Ricochet and Seidel were the were the New Japan Junior Tag Champs. I think Osprey was in the middle of one of his junior runs, like t- title runs. Um, so yeah, it was like the three like flippiest guys on the on the indie scenes. It was an incredible match. It was so much highlights. fun. And if you uh, have YouTube, um, go ahead and type in all six of those guys' names. It'll probably pop up number one. Just keep typing. Yeah. Just keep typing. Um, well, actually, if, speaking of PWG, there's there's a fun match. If you can find it on YouTube or through other means, um, not not suggesting that, but it's a good match. Uh, and it and it, it was another one that finding out the stories behind some of these matches were, were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Of uh, at PWG, they. Uh, because for some reason Chuck Taylor was never in the bolas. Hmm. So he had he was he was never in bolas, but he was a pretty much a regular at PWG. Mm-hmm. And for some reason they didn't notice they hadn't had him lose a match in like a year. <laughs> and it was like and then they were looking, somebody brought that up online and it's like Wait, Chuck Taylor has like a 16 show winning streak. Attaboy, Chucky. How has he not gotten a title shot? Mm-hmm. And Did he ever ask for one? Like he just no, because he was always like opener or second match. Like it's Chuck Taylor. We all love great match. We always love him, but it was like you kind of always kind of then forget it about it. And I was like, wow, weird. Like Chucky's got. He he deserves a title shot. Yeah, and this was right after Zack Saber Jr. turned heel. Oh, um, so he was the biggest prick, like on the on the indie scene at that point because he was the Evolve champion, the Rev Pro champion, and the and the PWG champion at at the at the same time, and he faces Chucky, 
the the first time. He ends up facing him twice. Chucky tries real hard, gets really close, doesn't win. You got to put blinders on in this room here. Yeah. <laughs> but then the next month, Chucky wins the title. What, Chucky? And as he should. As he should. And the crowd goes freaking crazy. Because mm-hmm. they weren't expecting this. Um, and this was a, a fun moment after one of the shows. One of my, my, one of my friends asked Chuck Taylor, uh, she was a little drunk, because uh, she used to live in L.A. And she was like, have you ever wrestled at PWG? <laughs> and Chuck's like, yeah. Yeah, once or couple, twice, a couple times, and I chime in because I'm a jerk. I'm like, didn't you win the title like twice? It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Maybe, maybe. Because uh, yeah, Chuck Chuck Taylor, he he was the impetus for. He only had like a two month title reign, but it was like significant because he had that those matches with Saber. And then he's the one that Ricochet turned heel on. Ricochet turned heel? Yeah, Ricochet was a heel for like six months, like the last six months of his indie run. That's really weird. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. Really? Uh, because he still did all his crazy stuff, mm-hmm. but was just a jerk about it and was just basically he was doing it to show off. Okay. I can see that part. Um, was he ever on the microphone? Yes. Uh, but he, it's Ricochet, so he's a terrible promo. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, because that's why I would think that Ricochet would make a uh, weird heel, because half of it is being good on the microphone, and I don't he think would, he's ever been on the microphone he, WWE. He was more aggressive during it, too. Like, okay. he'd, he'd do crazy flip stuff, but then also, like, punch you right in the face. Okay. You know. I could but, see that. Uh, so, so we've got, yeah, like, all the all the fun indie stuff. Uh, Shane, any, any any more that you can think of? Fun indie stuff? Yeah, for fun indie stuff. I mean, yeah, there was uh, Progress play, uh, did Wembley. Yeah, Progress Wembley. Uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, was... I mean, I guess at that point in time, they were getting help from, from some WWE stuff, which... Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, if if we want to talk about true fun indie stuff, the first all-in... Uh, all Yep. Yeah. Uh, all which in. was yeah, a true go. indie. Like this is pre AEW. Yeah. Pre AEW. Um, they they had a little help production wise from Ring of Honor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which they but, definitely don't now. Yeah. They definitely don't now. Uh, for better or worse, in yeah. some cases. Um. But yeah, it was it was literally like uh this this dare mm-hmm. on yeah. online of. You know, nobody's uh, nobody's sold out 10,000 seats since WCW. Like, no one other than WWE. Yep, and so Cody and the Bucks went, all right, this looks like we're doing this. Yeah. And this was, uh, at, this was at the time when I was kind of dipping out at WWE a little bit just because I realized that the stories were just becoming the same, just with different people and the same people. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of a little bit burnt out on pro wrestling at the time. Um, and then on a whim, you guys invited me over. Uh, I know it wasn't on a whim, but uh, you guys forgot to invite me. But then you invited me like two days before it happened. And I happened to have nothing else to do on a Saturday night because I'm, you know, a wildly popular individual. Me too. 
Um, and then I watched it, and I was sitting in a room with a bunch of people who knew who everybody was on the show. Um, so that really helped my appreciation for the show. I wouldn't say everybody knew who everyone was. Well, Shane and I knew who yeah, everyone yes. was. But every time that like somebody would come down, you'd be like, you'd comment on, oh, I wonder if they're going to do this or that. Like when Jay Lethal um, was about to come down to the ring, you're like, oh, I wonder if he's going to do, I can't remember the name of his alternative character that he did. Uh, um, oh, Black Machismo. Yeah, Black Machismo. Black Machismo. The Macho Man. The yeah. Macho Man. And so I'm like, Black Machismo, what's that? And then he came down as Black Machismo, and every, and you guys went crazy. And that was a very fun gimmick. Um, and then or when had, Joey Ryan came back to life, and yep. he was the underdick. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> no, wait, what did Dustin say? The dicker taker? The dicker taker? Was that what he called him? Something like that. <laughs> Um, that was a great moment. And then Adam, uh, page being carried out, um, with all those inflatable dicks. That yeah, was all those inflatable dicks. <laughs> but that was right with, after with all those pro wrestling tees employees. Yep. <laughs> and that was another, that was after a great match between Adam page and, uh, Joey Janela, Joey Janela. Yep. who I had no idea who Joey Janela, I had no idea who any of these people were, but Joey Janela, I didn't had any to do who he was before this. And then as you can see, I actually, um, can contribute something, so that's why I'm being a motor mouth right now. You're good. Um, and then, uh, and then Kyle shows me the uh, crazy stuff that Joey Janelle has done over this career, such as being thrown off a roof, just thrown being off an a insane roof. person, thrown off, mm-hmm. thrown off a roof, and the other guy's the one who got hurt more. Yeah, yeah, because Joey Janela just kind of goes limp and can take the huge those huge hits. Well. <laughs> He's in, the, he's the other guy life. got hurt because he was saving Joey's life. Yeah. Hmm. How so? How did, was it like a? Uh, he what? went. He went in straight down. Oh. Okay. Instead of tossing Joey, because he realized they parked the truck too close. Okay. So if he would have tossed Joey, Joey would have landed on the cab or the or the the railings. So because he basically held him in position and went straight down, he broke two vertebrae in his back. Oh God. That's a bad injury too. Yes. Um, whereas Joey just almost lost his thumb, (laughs) you know, Um, little injuries. And there is a YouTube documentary out there called don't die. Joey Janela, which I watched about half of, and that was pretty good. Yep. Directed by Kenny Johnston. There you go. And, Um, uh, but then back to All In, um, that had probably a, a top contender for Match of the Decade, in my opinion, which between um, Nick Aldis, the one and only. Nick Aldis, okay. Nick Aldis, yeah. and then Cody. Um, I thought that was the beginning of, I, what was that about? That Put was just, foot down. Yeah, the, uh, I thought that that match was good. I thought mm-hmm. the moment was bigger yes, than the match. For sure. So... And then, and then, um, I'm going to get to actually what, what was a better match, um, later on when we talk about all out, but we'll, they, and they finished the match before the show ended. Yep. Just barely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, pinned and then the show went off the air yeah. and we were like, what happened? And then we were all, we, yeah, Kyle particularly was pretty pissed that it just like ended so quickly. But then, um, as soon as I got home, cause I drove home instantly because I don't know. Just cause you to. hate us. I do. Um, and we only get together for these podcast recordings, which is why, um, which are so far and few in between at yeah. this point. Um, no, I'm just going to see you guys every week. Um, but uh, when I got home, I saw that uploaded to YouTube was the post um, all in 
microphone talk back yeah. and all that. And that's when uh, I realized that these guys are like my new favorites. And I got back into professional wrestling at that point. Yeah, and you went you went like a deep dive into mm-hmm. into being the elite. Being the elite, yes, yeah, I did because after hearing all these references, and then as Jay Lethal is being confronted before his match. Uh, to be, be to become Black Machismo, he's confronted by Arthur and Trevor, and I'm like, who are these guys? And then uh, they're explained on being the elite. Yeah, and well, not really explained. They're just characters. They're just characters. Elite. Yeah. And then um, all this stuff, and so yeah, I did a deep dive on being the elite, which at that point have been on the air or on YouTube for like a year and a half, maybe two years. Yeah. And I watched, I don't know, uh, eighty videos in the span of three weeks. Um, yeah. and they just got better and better. It started off as the Young Bucks is like their road document. Not, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just a travel vlog. Mm-hmm. Really? It was how it started out it was, it was, it was literally the Bucks and, and Kenny, and Kenny. being bored mm-hmm. on the road. It started off as a goofy channel because they had, they, their very first video was the Young Bucks and Kenny, um, Doing the uh, call me maybe no yeah no um, yeah it was call karaoke. me maybe I thought wasn't yeah. it call me no, maybe that was their second one that was their second one it okay was, oh was it um, just karaoke and yeah. stuff okay but they were it was uh, razor glass by Pink but they were doing razor belts <laughs> and, three uh, three guys who don't drink <laughs> exactly doing, okay exactly and then that's just when I realized that these guys are just my kind of goofballs and I loved it. And then as the YouTube series progressed, they introduced more characters such as Adam Cole, Bay Bay, and eventually Marty Skrull because they would, they would join the bullet club. Um, yeah. Adam Cole on being the elite hilarious. He had a bump on his head for probably six months. And it was like rumored that it was like a devil horn coming out. And, uh, yeah, I just loved everything about it. So um, I'm going to let you guys talk for a little bit now. No, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, transitioning a little bit, uh, you, you talked about Joey Janela, and you can't bring up Joey Janela without bringing up Spring Break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it has become, like, one of the only WrestleMania weekend shows I actually want to get now. And it's still happening, right? And it's still happening. Four, uh, four is happening this, uh, this year. Yeah. The, um, the WrestleMania weekend for indie shows itself, just, just in general. Yes. Is amazing now. I mean, yeah, I, I would, if, if I was in a town that had WrestleMania, I would much rather go to all the indie shows than mm-hmm. to mania. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've got, you know, especially I know, I know some people have criticized that it gets, a little jokey at points like you yeah. get but you get the invisible man versus the invisible stan which was great thanks bryce yeah which thank yeah you, bryce. thank, thank you, bryce. god bryce rumsberg was the referee for uh-huh. that because no one else could have done that best ref in the biz yep yeah yeah this this year like yeah you, you had the invisible man versus the invisible stan like last year you had walter versus freaking pco yep in like the match that relaunched PCO's career. Yep. You know, he, he would not be in ring of honor right now if it weren't for her, that match. Like it was just the culmination of like this underground buzz of like, Hey, PCO's doing all this really weird stuff. And you're like, your first question is who the hell is PCO? 
Do you remember the Quebecers? Yes, you remember the one with the, we thought it was a glass eye? Yeah, no. And the eye patch? Yeah, no, that guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, how is he still around? And then how is he still wrestling? And wrestling, especially in that match, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because how old is he? 55, something like yeah, that. 54, 55, yeah. Um, what was The Undertaker? He's ancient. In his, he's, he's in his 60s, I believe. Ooh, yeah. I think The Undertaker is like 60 now. Look it up, Shane. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, like, we, we had the PCO, like, it was, even the first one, you had at, uh... 54. Yeah, you had, uh... Janela versus the great Sasuke. Yeah. Yeah. Which like this, this year, this year, uh, great Muda is going to be at spring break. And I hope he's facing Janela. Cause I just want Janela to face all of the Japanese like, legends. Yeah. Classic Japanese wrestlers, <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, even, even <laughs> so, so speaking of Janela, like, one of the thanks to spring break, like that first spring break, everybody afterwards was talking about, Oh man, Joey Janela's spring break. This was awesome. It's like, Oh yeah. Wait, did Joey just put it on or what? Who, who technically put on the show? Oh, it was this thing called game changer. Yeah, whatever. And now game changer is like this weird viable, like, Doing a couple shows every month on, on Fight TV. I see what it's, you did there. It's kind of a double A system almost at this point. Like, this is where you see Marco Stunt. Yep. <laughs> this is where you see Jungle Boy the first time. Like, Who's a jungle man after that? Uh, OC. Where, uh, OC was... I mean, uh, the character yeah. OC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, like, we'll put it that way. No, no. OC had been around a, uh, at, at, even as OC, like for, for a while. It's just, he didn't, for some reason, he didn't connect with the crowd mm-hmm. as much until like these last until few the years. Recent, yeah. You know, cause, cause the, the gentleman's club has been around since like, that has been around like Early, four or five yeah. years. Because uh, it was Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and Swamp Monster. Yep. The great, great Swamp Monster. Yeah. What a great team up that is. <laughs> Chikara. You can't. Oh, yeah. Speak... And then speaking of Chikara, we can't forget uh, Chuck Taylor losing the trademark. To his on... name. <laughs> of his name. And wrestling and under wrestling a lot of different names, but all... Dustin a lot. Yeah. Wrestling as Dustin. Wrestling as... Hardwood, Mitch Redwood, or yeah, something, something like, that. like artist formerly known as yeah. Chuck Taylor. Yeah, he, uh, did a, he did a lot of great things with that. Chuck Taylor is a, a genius with his character, and I I love. And then the the person who then I I want to say was this was it on it one of the the WrestleMania weekend shows? I can't remember if it was Chikara. Uh, this year or if it was orange cassidy's doing something or whatever uh because that was a show was uh, it was great the seven out of 13 falls match was so dumb that it was amazing <laughs> the ra- the round circle so the person who bought the trademark uh or won the trademark was a manager named stokely hathaway 
he then became Chuck Taylor in Chikara. Oh. And wrestled as Chuck Taylor. This past, he is now signed with WWE and is in NXT. He hasn't he hasn't been on any of the shows oh, yet. Okay. He's just been like in the crowd. He's scouting people. At NXT though, he's wrestling as Chuck. T- no, I'm just... no. Uh, he 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 was at first uh, on Twitter just CM. Mm. <laughs> this this past Mania weekend, Chuck Taylor came out, and his lower third was Stokely Hathaway, <laughs> which is great. Which I'm like, that is a fantastic capper to the story. Uh, that Chuck Taylor now is Stokely Hathaway. Uh, another thing that's happened in the past few years in, in indie wrestling that I think has actually kind of led to the current uh, 24-7 championship now in WWE. Oh, yep. But but the, uh, the specifically, is it DDT or DDT? Um, DDT. DDT's... Uh, um, what, what did they call that? Cha- the super heavy metal weight, super, uh, heavy metal open, he- heavy metal open weight or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, Joey Ryan got his hand on this belt. Yes. Uh, and started, uh, it's an anytime, anywhere, uh, championship belt. And it has been won by many different people, uh, and also not people, uh, including not- the, the belt itself has held the belt. <laughs> Uh, yes. A, a giant the, inflatable panda. Yes. Uh, the, a ladder. <laughs> a ladder, a broom, the uh, the the inflatable doll. Yeah. The, both the both doll. Yep. both versions of the inflatable doll. Yep. Uh, no, the the belt was the thousandth champion. Yep. Okay, so was it just resting on top? Like yes, it was resting on yep, top yep, of someone the, else, the and a referee ref counted. counted it. <laughs> Uh, so with this great thing, Joey Ryan started just taking it with him, uh, when he was touring other places yeah. and, and the reason why it's got a lot more champions now is that they told him as long as you had it when you came back. So he yeah. just on YouTube was getting pinned by people and, and yeah. other people were winning it. Like, uh, a, f- a fan, uh, did a little claymation video of, uh, it was, no, it wasn't claymation. It was like crochet. Yeah. Oh boy. Puppet thing of him and Candice LeRae. Nice. Uh, and he then like having a match and Candice pinned him, uh, because of course Candice pinned him. And Joey took that footage, and is like, I he he he's calling up Candice and is like, hey, uh, I think I have to give you the the DDT heavy metal weight championship. You pinned me in a dream. (laughs) (laughs) But but it was that whole thing was just beautiful. And and it's 100 percent the reason why WWE has the 24-7 championship right now. I mean, it took them three years to to rip it off. But, you know, it's it's so ridiculous. Like, yeah, Joey, uh, he's so he's so creative. Also, like we we just passed. uh, the four-year anniversary of the dick flip. Ah, the dick flip. Uh, yes, a know, beautiful speaking, moment. Speaking of of Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. Yeah, the king of the the king of the indie scene right now, Joey Ryan, and his and his style. wonderful, wonderful dick flip. He's so yeah. big. He's so strong. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Joey. Yeah, like you. You've got all that. You got. You know, it. It was. It was more the the it, that in and its of itself showed off the creativity on the mm-hmm. indie scene like 
yeah, Joey's just going to go do this stuff. It's like, all right. Uh, you know, and, and working together like too, cause I've, I've literally been there when conversations about that belt happened nope. and it was like, Oh, you know, how, how are we going to get out of this then? Okay. Uh, you know, literally Scott Hall wins it at the Des Moines Russell Palooza. Yep. Scott Hall is not, not laying down just because physically he shouldn't. Right. And it's like, okay, how are we going to get out of that? Like have him read a have, note, have him read a note that says I quit. <laughs> And then he lost it to Colt Cabana because Colt's the one who gave him the note. Yep. <laughs> and then Colt got rolled up in the hallway. <laughs> you know, it's like, this oh, you know, such ingenious thing. Yeah. It's things. like, yeah. Like, how do how do we build upon these things? And it's like, OK, cool. Uh, one thing that we've got to talk about for uh, the decade is, uh, I mean, I think we, we mentioned all in, but the forming of a new brand. Yes. Um, yeah. On television. Um because I figured we're probably going to end with the matches. So yep, we'll end with the matches the and, and the deaths. Dead people. <laughs> well, the deaths is also good. I, yes. I figured we can throw this in before the matches yes. so we end on a happier note. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, AEW uh, now being a promotion on uh, on T- TNT of all stations. Yeah, of all, of all places, <laughs> it's TNT. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynamite. Um, From the get-go, it's one of my favorite per, uh, promotions, I think. I think it's from episode one and then the one pay-per-view that they've had, maybe. No, they've only had one pay-per-view so far. Two. Three. Oh, three. Yeah. Oh, I I meant since the start of. Uh, since oh, the since start the of start it. Of, yes. Um, I mean, but, technically, uh, I mean, all in was, or all out. Oh, uh, uh, double or nothing. Double or nothing. There we go. Yeah, was, double or nothing. Was like two weeks before they started on, on TV or whatever it was. Double or nothing. All was out was. was. All yeah, out was. Yeah, yeah there we go. Nothing was at the beginning of the summer. Then they had Fighter Fest, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love AEW. I think it's definitely rejuvenated the wrestling scene because now WWE has something to compete on TV, um, yep. which is great. On... You get the Wednesday Night Wars, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which has been fairly back and forth. Yeah. Um, it, and it's making them try harder on NXT, which is yeah. good. It's very good. Also, um, AEW is, is um, taking some of the WWE wrestlers, but also brought people up from the indies and... Uh, made them stars like a Chucky Taylor. Um, I know he was already a star beforehand, but still like now, yeah. now people who main more mainstream. Yes. Now people who aren't familiar with the Indies are recognizing these people. Um, and, uh, like an orange Cassidy is there. And I remember when Shane and I have had this conversation. I remember when orange Cassidy was announced for AEW. I was kind of nervous because AEW at the time was, um, mostly like wrestlers to be taken seriously. And especially like a Pac or a Pac, however, however he w- wants to pronounce I his name. I believe it's Pac this week. There we go. Um, and so when Orange Cassidy was announced, for the listeners who don't know, I don't know why you don't know at this point of the podcast if you're still listening, but Orange Cassidy is uh, – his whole demeanor is just kind of lazy and he doesn't really hit uh, hard at all. In, in an article uh, – in that somebody did for the for the Pioneer Press uh, this week, uh, they were they were talking about first wrestling, mm-hmm. and they they just they referenced Orange Cassidy as a dis, disenfranchised hipster, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah no, yeah. That's, that's that's pretty good. accurate. That's good. 
And then, but when he was uh, announced to be on AEW, like he's a character who basically he's not to be taken seriously. So when he was, um, especially the moment when he was in the ring with Pac or Pac, um, I was just kind of nervous because I'm like, well, this isn't going to go well because he's doing a bit and Pac is like this larger than life wrestler. But they handle it very well, and I've actually yep. turned my because uh, Chain kind of talked to me. Um, yeah, I sat him down and he, just he did and tore uh, into him. He tore me a new one, um, and now I can just say screw it. I'm just gonna appreciate it for what it is. It's a fun promotion. I can get on board uh, pretty much anything that they're doing at any given moment. They they've given us some of the best promos I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, some of the best. Uh, the best video packages I've seen this year, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially with the... Uh, Cody versus Chris Jericho. Yeah, the Jericho package that was making fun of Cody's yeah, package those, was yeah. the most brilliant thing I've seen in so a while. Good. It was so good. It was... Uh, and then they're giving us just good wrestling rather than... Every week. Yeah, rather than, than spending, you know, 40 minutes in the ring uh, cutting these promos. Mm-hmm. They're, doing, they're doing promos here and there. They're doing a lot of the promos online uh, and... And yeah. posted, uh, and then they're giving us, you know, four to five uh, solid to great matches every week. Yep. Also, they have AEW Dark, which yep. you, which kind of alluded to, um, which is free on YouTube, and they actually have great matches on this quote unquote Dark um, show. Um, and and I'm loving the way that they're they're tracking win loss records. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really cool things they can do with that. They they've got. Uh, you got a ranking system. They've got a ranking system, which is interesting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. well, it'll it'll be easier once once we get more yeah more into it. Like I, I've I've once heard they bring in a mid tier title as well. Yeah, I think well, be and I've heard, too. I've heard I've heard some people worry about the opposite of like, oh, you know, once once people have like twenty, thirty, forty matches, like, are the rankings even going to mean anything? I'm like. Or the or the win loss record is going to mean anything? I'm like, yeah, it kind of means more than actually. Say, yeah. Yep. Uh, more than. Like the fact that you know Jungle Boy, it has no wins as we're recording this, mm-hmm. uh, but that's kind of the point of why why Jericho said no, I'll, I'll fight, I'll wrestle you. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's yeah. like no, I'm going to wrestle the guy who's never won anything. Yep. Because I want an easy match. And you know what? It's going to be a great match. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Jungle Boy's very talented. Yeah. Just like Just found out last week, um, he's uh, what Luke Wilson's kid? No, Luke no, Perry. Luke Perry. Thing. Yes, he is yeah. Luke Perry's Jack child. Yeah. Jack Perry. Um, yeah. What were uh, you going to say, Shane? Oh, I was going to say that Scorpio Sky, uh, Jericho was a good yeah, match. Yeah, Scorpio Sky. And then, like, just even even some of the moments you know that AEW has produced, like. I mean, going back to the beginning and, you know, the the end of, you know, Double or Nothing with John Moxley. Yep, the John debuting. Moxley debuting there. Mm-hmm. What I loved, so I rewatched that last night because it was on the video uh, on the list that you yep. uh, sent us. Um, and I love it for a couple things because um, John Moxley just being larger than life and being larger than but larger than he was in WWE, like he's a force to be reckoned with now. And he comes down to the ring, and he um, does the uh, his uh, not dirty deeds, but it's now called the paradigm the paradigm shift. shift. Yeah, paradigm um, shift. To uh, it wasn't called the paradigm shift at that point because it yeah. literally gets the name from the promo he cuts after. Uh, <laughs> yep, I think they just called it a double arm DDT right yeah. then. 
And then he uh, double arm DDTs uh, uh, Chris Jericho, and then the ref because he's the ref's trying to kick him out of there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what I loved about that moment is that he's going to to uh, paradigm shift uh, Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega fights back, and that's yeah. the start of their feud. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting throughout the audience at some point, and then they get on the stack of chips, and then they, and then uh, he, uh, John Moxley throws Kenny Omega off the stack of chips, and that was a great setup for a great feud. Um, I still have yet to see where that one's going in the long run, um, because I don't think it's over. Um, because of- no, I don't, I don't think it's over either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think uh, if we're doing a prediction thing here, I think this is leading to Moxley winning the belt. And then eventually Omega, Omega winning the belt beating. from yeah. Moxley. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see that for a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought it was a great debut. They did the same thing that he did in WWE, where he walks down through the crowd. Um, I think that's a great signature for him at this point. Yeah, um, because nobody else does it. Yeah, because he's taking elements of. He, he even said in an interview, like he's taking elements of that character, mm-hmm. but then. You know, bringing back the stuff that's like, though they would have never let me do this. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like you the know. barbed wire plank and the uh, yeah, well, the, and the barbed wire thing. netting thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. which apparently that might have actually been Omega's idea. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because um, um, no, because because Omega was like, all right, I'm not, I'm I never do any of these things, so. Let's yeah. get weird. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then on Big the Elite, he's, he says to Matt Jackson, he says, when I give you the signal, you got to bring it out. And they're like, and as the audience, we already know what he's talking about. But then, yeah, then they then the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler bring out. Uh, good old Brandon Cutler. Good old yeah. Brandon Cutler bring out this the big board full of barbed wire. And uh, it was it was a very brutal match to watch live. Um, yep. It was honestly the right amount of hardcore without going too overboard, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. I think it could easily have taken a turn and gone much, much worse. They were definitely and I would have felt I would line. not have liked if it got any further than where it was at. Yes, yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the most squeamish part was when, uh, actually, at the very end, when Kenny Omega goes for a splash off the top turnbuckle and just. Hits his mouth on the exposed um, wood underneath the ring, and yeah. I'm sure he sold it like he was like it was a lot worse. But that's the moment where I'm just like, nope, I'm done. That was gross. So because that, I you can feel that in your mouth when you yep. see that happening on. Screen. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I think Shane, you you have a list, and it's going to depress us. I, I do, um, and it's it, I don't I don't have everybody. Uh, yeah, like we we're, we're I I don't think we have time to really hit on everyone, but no, I, the significant names though I'm sure. Yep, yep. I've got I've got some significant names. Figured uh, easy to kind of touch on uh, uh, a lot of these guys and kind of talk about just you know a little bit of of like a you know in, in memoriam here. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so we're I'm just gonna start in, in 2010 and. and Move move all through the yep. decade. Uh, 2010, really the biggest name that that uh, that left us was uh, Jack Briscoe. Um, okay. Uh, obviously, one of the uh, um, Briscoe Bros. Uh, yeah. Former former oh. NWA champion. Yep. And all that. Thanks. Um, so uh, 
No, the the original Briscoe oh, Bros, okay. not Jan Mark. No, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I was yeah thrown off for a loop there. Um, and then and then 2011, uh, we lost uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Randy Savage. Yeah, we lost Randy mm-hmm. Savage. Uh, yeah, wow, that was 2011. That was 2011. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of people know him most famously for his fantastic WrestleMania. Uh, two match against uh, three. WrestleMania three, sorry, match against uh, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, uh, yep. which was just fantastic. Um, but he he was always like such a larger than life character yeah. too that it, you know he just you know the fact that he was a great wrestler was almost secondary. Yes, uh, I mainly remember him from being addicted to those Slim Jims. He was. Yeah. He could not stop him. snapping into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, in 2012, uh, Chief J. Strongbow. Okay. Uh, who was NWA, uh, a little bit WWF, uh, but mostly mostly NWA. Um, well, he was he was one of the, um, like he was he was one of Vince Senior's like right hand men like early on. Yeah. You know. And then, then became a pretty prominent like backstage agent and and places like that. You know, he's he's got a lot more influence than people know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013, uh, Mad Dog Vashon, um, classic kind of brawler, crazy crazy yeah. man wrestler. Yep, and and for for younger. I guess not really that much younger, but I guess a little younger. Like our age, yep. uh, people, you will know him as the guy who Kevin Nash ripped his leg off and beat Shawn Michaels with. Yep, I saw that live, as I've said on previous podcasts before, at Good Friends, Better Enemies. Yep. Uh, also, Paul Bearer in 2013. Paul Bearer, yeah. I'm um, I'm still so disappointed. I never I never got to see him live. Paul Bearer? No, I never did. Uh, 2014, uh, uh, we'll start with kind of the, uh, we'll start with Viscera. Uh, okay. Yep. Mabel, I know him as King Mabel, you know, one big daddy, big daddy V, big daddy V, uh, May Young in 2014. Yeah. Um, obviously, a, a very well known, very well known. And, you know, now we've, we've got the May Young classic or we had the yep. May Young classic, the two, the two iterations of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the Ultimate Warrior, um, known insane person, but great yeah. wrestler. Yeah, great, great character. You know, always, always came off the page. You yeah. know, 2015 was kind of a hard year. Yeah, uh, I'll start with probably the most tragic of the deaths, uh, and that was uh, Paraguayo Jr. Yes, uh, yeah, dying, dying, dying in the ring. In the ring. Um, and then I'm. Uh, to touch on that, his father, senior, died died actually this year. Yep. Um, uh, n- uh, Nick Bockwinkle, uh, Minneapolis. Min- yep, Minneapolis, a- AW, former AWA champion. Uh, Gabe is looking at us very confused. Um, so, Paraguayo. Oh, of um, Yes. Thank you. Um, Paraguayo, uh, he actually, it was a match with, in, Ray. A match with Ray, a tag match with Ray. Uh, he took a drop kick to the oh, back God. Um, to, set up to, the to, to set up for the 619. And from 
all indications he basically had severed his spinal cord. Well, he basically, he had uh, spinal stenosis. Mm. He had kind of what led to edges and like pages retirement, but he never had it diagnosed. And that's literally like they, they basically said with, with edge and with page, it's like, you never like it could be the smallest thing mm-hmm. and this isn't safe for you to wrestle with because right. any jarring of the spine could sever the spinal cord and like that's that's what happened so it wasn't it wasn't Ray's fault it wasn't right. anybody like that but you know uh, I I still remember that because that weekend I had uh, it was right as I started. F- uh, photographing wrestling stuff. Oh, yep. And so I was doing an MIW show with uh, Chris Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Chris Jordan, if, if those that you don't know, he is a huge Lucha fan. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy. And he was a really huge CMLL fan. Uh, and that was the promotion that Paraguayo Jr. was the main guy in. And so he was like kind of like devastated. So he was just just talking to me yeah. during yeah, during that, and was like, "Okay." That's pretty um, intense. But yeah, it was it was intense. Uh, and like I said, Nick Bockwinkle, and then to kind of stick on the uh, AWA, uh, Vern Gagne. Yeah, Vern Gagne. Um, after um, obviously oh. the the guy who created AWA. Yep. Yeah, created it. Uh, you know, he had a he had a long like struggle towards the end of his life yeah. from, from all I've heard. Um, uh, we've got, and then big two that year, Dusty Rhodes and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Which I mean, Piper still... hit me hard. Yeah. And like, yeah, Piper, you said, I remember, uh, cause yeah, Piper hit you hard and Dusty hit me hard. Yeah. You know, I, I've always been like a big Dusty Rhodes fan. Well, Dusty's, uh, Dusty gave us a lot of the things that we love because he was in charge of booking yeah. for WCW for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he had some amazing promos that are he still did. referenced today. Be- yes, between, he did. Between Cody, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite current, probably one of my current favorite wrestlers, and because the way he honors his father is just awesome. Grandson of a plumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper Roddy, was, yeah. was my favorite wrestler growing up. Uh, him and Macho Man was always kind of back and yeah. forth between the two of them. Uh, and Piper had the – I mean, yeah. so so did – Savage did too, but the promos. Yeah, the promos. Piper was just the perfect he was, heel. I, I still – I always remember uh, – uh, it, was, it was Dustin told me this, uh, for those listening, Scott's story uh, – Dustin always brings up it was like the first Fortune Bay show, I believe it was, or it was it was a heavy on show. And he's like he he said, I was so excited that I met Roddy Piper that I forgot I met Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, dude, you're a huge WCW mark. How the hell did you forget? Oh yeah, because you met Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. Um uh, 2016, uh, Blackjack Mulligan, 
yeah. grandfather of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Yeah. Uh, 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 basically, one of the one of the uh, him and and Blackjack Lanza Lanza more more so, but uh, Mulligan did as well. A huge backstage agent as well yep. after after his wrestling days were done. Um, and, the, and obviously the Wyndhams. Uh, yeah, in the one. Well. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Um, Fuji. One of the the greatest managers uh, of all time. There. Yeah. Um, a lot of people remember him as manager of Yokozuna. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the in the nineties, the and then manager for for Demolition, and then the Powers of Pain yep. in the eighties. You know. Uh, uh, for uh, ECW fans, Balls Mahoney. Oh man. Two thousand sixteen. Yep. Uh, younger, you know, a little bit younger than, than a lot of the other names yeah. we're mentioning here, uh, unfortunately there. Uh, and then also China in 2016. Yeah. China, the China, China one was sad. China one was very sad. Yeah. I mean, none of these were happy. But, yeah. Um, uh, the yeah, China he's one. finally gone. Yeah. Um, 2017, uh, uh, Jimmy Snuka, who yeah, Jimmy went Snuka. with a little bit of controversy on, on his name at the time. Yes. Uh, and also since the eighties, since that's when the murder happened. Um, uh, George, the animal steel, um, George, the animal steel used to eat the turnbuckle, eat the turnbuckle and had a green tongue, had a green tongue. He yeah. was also a, uh, a teacher in Michigan. Yeah. And he was also in, uh, Ed Wood. Yes, he was. <laughs> yep. Um, Ivan Koloff, one of the, uh, great villains. Yeah. One of the great, uh, Russian villains. Or I guess he, was he Polish? No, he was Russian. He was Russian. Yeah. He, was, he was Russian. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chavo Senior. Yeah, Ch- oh, Chavo yeah. Classic. Yep. Uh, and uh, one, this one definitely hit me super hard. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I I remember I I didn't do a wrestling show because uh, I hadn't reached out to the promotion and yet. Uh, and they, they had Bobby on like earlier that year, I want to say. Yeah. And I still regret not going up there because even though, yes, he was very much deteriorating at that point, yep. but you know, I still, you know, wished I would have gone and to see that. Well, he was living with cancer for 10 years, a decade at least. Yeah. It was, it was a long time that he was, he was struggling with I, that. I want to say it was... Actually, it might have been because he got inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame in like 2004. Yeah, and I want to see that he was talking about moments that make you cry. Him talking about Gorilla Monsoon. Oh yeah, that was. Um, yeah, it was it was no, it was either 04 or 05. Um, but him him giving his induction speech was so entertaining, and he he was already you know reeling from the cancer at yep. that point, yes. but. You know, uh, and then 2018, uh, uh, Nikola Volkov. A lot of people remember him as as another one of those great Russian, uh, yeah, uh, villains of the of the 80s. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Nikolai Volkov. So yeah, such a good character. You know, and now stand and respect the singing yep. of Nikolai Volkov and the Russian national anthem. Uh, Larry Hennig, uh, yeah, Larry the Axel, Curtis Axel, uh, obviously Mr. Perfect's father. Um, another tragic one, Brian Christopher. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, that was tragic. It's another one that needs to be mentioned due to the the tra- uh, tragedy behind it. Yeah. Of the of of you know somebody that's going through a lot of mental illness, which is something that happens with people that get a lot of those concussions and. Yeah. Um. Uh, Dynamite Kid. Yeah, Dynamite Kid. Um, yeah, um, after after years being in a wheelchair and and everything. Uh, Bruno San Martino. Yeah, Bruno. Yeah, Bruno. After after finally making amends and and you know having having you know the WWE run and then being their ambassador and all that stuff. Uh, and then uh, and then Big Van Vader. Vader was tough. He dude. went quick too because he was he, diagnosed. And, yeah. And then uh, he actually lived longer than what they said he was going to live because I think he lived for a year after the diagnosis and they only told him that he would live for a few months. Yeah. But like Vader, like he he was one of those guys of like so like early on when I when I first started watching wrestling, uh, it was it was I watched more WCW, mm-hmm. and it was in the middle of Vader's like crazy heel run, and where he was the champ and just destroying everybody before Hogan came in. What I remember about Vader was, um, I back when I was a kid, I got that Mick Foley Have a Nice Day book. Oh yeah, he spoke very fondly of Vader. Uh, the two of them had some great feuds, and he was one of the, his favorite people to wrestle with, up until the point where he bit his ear off. But uh, no, even beyond that, yeah. he was fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it it wasn't bite; it was a uh, a thing with the ropes. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, it, yeah, exactly. Um, but so so was that was that the last one on the list? Uh, that was the last one, twenty eighteen. The last last significant one, yeah. Um, twenty. Uh, 2019, uh, the great Pedro Morales that has uh, left us this yeah. year, um, a former WWF champion, uh, one who defeated, uh, broke San Martino's long reign. Yes. Is that right? Yes. He, yeah, he's, he's the one who, uh, cause they, they always said when he, when he won it, it was basically like at Madison Square Garden was silent. Yeah. Like people just didn't know how to react to that of like. Mm-hmm. Huh, huh? Wait, Br- Bruno lost? What? That that can happen? No, what? Just wildly unexpected. Yeah. Uh, King Kong Bundy. Okay. Yep. Um, headlined WrestleMania two. Also, uh, uh, Harley Race. Yeah, Harley. Um. Yeah, which I I I know a bunch of people that like knew Harley. You know, obviously Dustin trained with him. Yep. But yeah, I you got to hear, and at least he he seemed to be one of those guys who he was obviously a grizzled old veteran and of the wrestling business, but seemed to at least appreciate like how things were going, and it was like you know kind of like oh these these things are you know this isn't what I would have done, but. You know, you know, this go, is where the business is go, going. Go do what you do. Uh, and then the and then the last one I've got on the list, uh, Mean Woo Gene. So yeah, there, that one was also rough. So there's the there's the in memoriam. There's the kind of the the sad part of the show. But we're gonna jump back into um, some happiness and talk about matches. Yeah. Yay. So I had um, the this was just from uh, the Wrestling Observer because it's the most. You good at actually keeping their archive up of like, hey, this one, this, this one, this. 
Yep. Plus, uh, plus they're going to give you a more complete of, of across multiple yes. wrestling. Uh, I mean, you say just... that, but it's literally all WWE and New Japan. Oh, is it? Yes. Uh, but in this decade, that's what you get. Yeah. Like, because uh, the so the match of the year for for 2010 um, for the 2010 year uh, was Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 26. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You know, Sean's Sean's last match of his career. The second best of their matches, but still great. Yes. Yeah, second best of their matches. And obviously this was the best, their best match of the decade. Yep. Um, cause, yeah. the, Cause the other one happened in the previous decade. Yep. Uh, so, so that was WrestleMania 26. Like I said, that was, that was edges last, you know, last show. Oh, as well. It was Shawn Michaels last show, you know, really crazy, significant, you know, both things. And then this was before the streak had ended. Yep. Um, cause we, we kind of touched on that we'll, we'll get there earlier, that but yeah, that, so that, that was the, the 2010 match of the year. Uh, 2011. Do you have a guess? <laughs> 2011 um, is. It's pretty obvious. Is this the Money in the Bank year? It's Money in the Bank. Yeah, oh, so yeah, this yeah, is John yeah. Cena, uh, CM Punk. Yeah, that was hours uh, ago. Was, we talked about that. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, we have been recording for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which was a fantastic match. I, yeah. It really was. Told a story. There was a lot of great story going around it. Just a beautiful. Uh, just well done. Just a well done. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful match. Beautiful just match. Beautiful, beautiful match. So so beautiful that you just threw your arms in the air. I just wiggled was them. So excited yeah, to talk right. about this. Uh, yeah, we obviously we talked about it earlier, um, like two hours ago. Yeah. Uh, of that matchup, and then so so 2012. Uh, this is the first year in the Observer that New Japan takes over and has uh has the match of the year, and it's uh, Tanahashi, Tanahashi versus uh. Uh, Tanahashi versus Minoru Suzuki, Suzuki. Uh, from from uh, King of Pro Wrestling, hmm. uh, which that was I can't remember if that was. So this is the middle of his of Tanahashi's at that point record setting title defense because uh, it's weird. New Japan. And this is a thing that I really hope AEW uh, copies copies. <laughs> just blatantly rips off. I don't yeah, care. Do it. Uh, cause it's, it works so well. Uh, new Japan actually keep track of how many title defenses a champion has. Nice. And because they really, you know, this is the good and bad thing. If you're following new Japan, you don't get singles matches very often. You get them once a month, once every couple months, like title matches. Yep. And then like, that's why, the G1 is such a big deal. It's like, oh, it's no, it's this entire tour that's all singles matches. Um, we never get those because it's all six-man tags and tag matches. So the fact that Tanahashi had, I think at, at the point of this one, he had, this was a, his ninth or tenth, and the previous record was ten title defenses in a single reign. Because um, they'll also have short title reigns of somebody will win it and then lose it on their first defense. So it, yeah, it was a it was a really good match. Obviously, two fantastic wrestlers. Like we we didn't bring up Minoru Suzuki that much during this, but but for he's a, been solid for years for a guy who's fifty years old. Yeah. 
he he's he's the king of like pro of British pro wrestling right now. He's had like the Rev Pro title off and on for like two years, and he's just freaking Minoru Suzuki. Like he's a badass. It's great. Um, so th- so that was the 2012. Uh, the the next match for 2013, I, I previously mentioned it because it was on the same show that Finn Balor or Prince Devitt turned on Taguchi. Uh, it was uh, Tanahashi versus Okada, their second match. Well, third match. <laughs> but we don't count the Young Lion one. <laughs> Never count Young Lions. <laughs> like Those Lions aren't old enough to be counted. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was their second match and probably probably one of their best matches. Because, yeah, t- uh, Okada wins it at New Beginning and then gets the rematch against Tanahashi at invasion attack. And I, I think that Tanahashi wins it back, but it, it's set up. No, Okada's a force. Like, yeah, you know, he, he, he went 50, 50 match. One wasn't an anomaly. Like this kid's actually pretty good. Uh, Is he? yeah. Uh, and then, uh, 20, 2014, uh, you guys can both, kind of speak on this a little bit it was a g1 climax match between aj styles and minoru suzuki this is kind of the match that made aj in new japan honestly because he he had if if you're if we're honest a a kind of lukewarm reception at first like because he just came off the tna run so they were like yeah who who cares like it's aj styles like he's good i guess like (laughs) prove it and, <laughs> and then and he, proved it. and then he proved it and it's like oh no he's he's really good okay um but yeah this was one of the matches that that showed it off a lot uh and then 2015 i'll i'll preface this with this is my match of the entire decade and one of my favorite matches of all time uh from wrestle kingdom 9 uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Bushi. This I know for a fact. <laughs> all of us have watched this because I've forced you both to watch this on multiple fine. times. That's I'd rather you force me to watch great matches than force me to watch you know something inappropriate. So thanks for that, Kyle. Yeah, I had a great time watching this match. Uh, no, it was, it was fantastic. It was great. It was, uh, it was Nakamura. I I mean Kota Bushi is is one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Has been for a few years now since since you first since I first started watching New Japan yeah. with you. I mean, he's still kind of in his prime of wrestling, but this was in his prime of wrestling against yeah one of the another one of the greatest wrestlers out yeah. there. No, and and like this this match is why I'm so frustrated at Nakamura's run in WWE because so I I know what he has the potential to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's like oh let him do it. Well, he's been floundering in WWE for so long, and when he first debuted, and um, well, in NXT, he was a big deal, and then when he first debuted on the main roster, he was a big deal, and then he had a feud with AJ Styles, which was a terrible feud considering their past. Yeah. Oh man, it was just only nut shots. Yeah, it was only yeah. nut shots. And these two were two of the most talented wrestlers in the world, and to have that be their feud is awful, which kind of floundered um, Nakamura's whole, uh, well, he won the Royal rumble. Yeah. Like he, they, they, was, they had this, yeah. what led to their feud. Yeah. Giant, giant push. What looks like to be a giant push, uh, to the top of the card right away. And 
they just let it die by terrible booking decisions. Yes. Yeah. He had one of the greatest uh, wrestling entrance musics, in my opinion. And then and they then ruined they that by putting words. Yeah. yeah. And then they re- then they remixed that and. And they did it because oh they didn't or he was a heel at that point he didn't want the crowd to sing along to his music and sure that's a good enough reason to change your music because you want to piss off the people but still like that was a great entrance and they just completely kiboshed that which was unfortunate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This this was the first Wrestle Kingdom that uh, was on New Japan World. Uh, and that meant it was the first Russell Kingdom I then watched live. Uh, at 2 a.m. or at, whatever? It started at 2 a.m. Nice. Very nice. It was... You're committed, Kyle. I'm committed, we're yes. Get you committed. We're, yeah. It's, oh. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, that match was so good. Uh, and then... Uh, the the next year, so so we'll go back. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty fourteen. Yeah, also was the Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar when the streak ended and shocked yeah. the wrestling world. And especially I mean, that guy in the audience, yeah, yeah the the yeah. Lesnar guy. guy yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a very surprising thing. It was nobody. I remember watching that, and nobody really knew how to react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, was like, that was the problem. There was no boos, there was yeah, no cheers. It was, it was just silent, just silent yeah. because yeah, no one really thought it was going to come, and really no one thought it was going to be Lesnar to do it. Honestly, no, like like and, and even at the time and in hindsight, it's like okay, it makes sense for it to be Lesnar, but yeah. d- did it have to be? Mm-hmm. Like I thought that I thought that Bray Wyatt made sense the year before. Or the year after? It was the year after. The year after. Like, Bray Wyatt would have made sense to me. Or the or uh, a, the year punk. before was Punk. Yeah. Like, and honestly, if you would if you would have had Punk do this, beat the streak, he probably wouldn't have left. Yeah. yeah but there's so, Most, so much you can do to feed that guy. It's, well, know, his, so. his, his whole yeah. big thing was the fact that he he never understood being the he was at the point he was the one of the second most over guys in the entire company mm-hmm. and he was like why are all of these other people main eventing wrestlemania and i'm not yeah like why why it why did you have to have cena versus rock 2 yeah. Rather than. You mean that once in a lifetime match? Yeah, twice yeah. in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once in a lifetime again. Cause, yeah, because it was like that match didn't need the title. No. It just had the title. It also didn't need to happen again. Yeah. Like you could have done Rock. I mean, preferably, yeah, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But yeah, like so, so you had that. So then, then, uh, so getting back to our matches, twenty sixteen, Omega versus Okada. And then 2018's match of the year was Omega versus Okada <laughs> from uh, Dominion, the, the two out of the, three falls the, match. Our, I was like, not the hour draw. The two out of three falls, okay. the, the 65 minute, the the yeah. one that broke his scale. Yeah, I mean, they they, they were great. <laughs> They're really good. Yep. I mean, it I was my really it was there. it was my match of the year too. But uh, it's, it was kind of like I I joked about this. It like, wasn't my match of the year that year. 
Yeah, yours was Omega versus Torianu. Omega versus Torianu was so good. Yeah. He taped him. He won yeah, the Torianu won the match. He taped him down. And he never got a title shot. Never which got that still shot. pisses me off. I mean, he, he basically had a mini tournament with Ishii, and then Ishii got the title shot, but still. Torianu would have won that title. <laughs> Dude, Japan would have been so weird if Torianu was. So good. I want him to, like, eventually get the IC title just for everyone's brains to explode. <laughs> Because that's always been such a serious... No, the never title. The never open the weight. The never open weight. That would be... Because it's always been such a serious, ass-kicking title that I want Toru Yanu to have it for, like, a month. I don't care. It would be funny. Um, but part part of... I, I joked with Shane before we started ro- rolling on the podcast that why why we decided to do a best of the decade instead of a best of the year uh, was just because this year was just too dominated by Will Ospreay. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. You had him competing in new Japan cup, three good matches, best super juniors, all when, good matches. When was the match that you showed that was free on, uh, on YouTube? That was end of 2018. That oh, was the uh, beginning of this year or no, no, it was, uh, so it was leading into, gotcha. uh, Russell kingdom this year. It was, yeah, it was there. It was their final match of the year last year. Gotcha. Um, it was there on their final show. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it was, but basically from that match forward, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh no, he's the best wrestler on the planet mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause yeah, he had the new Japan cup. Best Super Juniors, G1, all fantastic matches. Uh, Super J Cup, which actually they just put the Amazing Red versus Osprey match up for free. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> finally. <laughs> took them long enough uh, from Super J Cup. Uh, and, yeah, it's like it, it was too dominated by Will Osprey. Um, I mean, he's good. He's real good. That match with Shingo was real good. You know, that that was even my show of the year, even though there was a pay-per-view like level event three days later. Yeah. The finals was still better, (laughs) mostly because, hey, your last two matches are this insane street fight (laughs) between Juice Robinson and John Moxley. Yeah. And then Shingo versus Will Ospreay. Go. (laughs) Have Juice fun. Robinson's also an underrated. Yeah, talent. Juice Robinson's so underrated. I think he he used to be known most famously for being the guy that broke Kevin Owens' nose in his debut in WWE. Yeah. Now he's Juice. Yeah, now he's Juice. What was he back when he was in WWE? Oh, uh, CJ Parker. CJ Parker. He was he literally named himself after Pamela Anderson's character nice. from Baywatch. Uh, so so to close out. So we close out on a on a happy note. Um. What are you guys looking forward to, uh, like in the next year? We won't say the next decade because that's yeah. could be crazy. Um, but in like the next year, in like 2020, I'm looking forward to a lot of AEW. I think I'm pretty much exclusively on the AEW train at this point. Um, I do tune in to WWE every now and then, uh, and I can't watch New Japan Wrestling because I don't know how. Um, besides paying for a monthly subscription. Um, it's really all you can do. Yeah. But, it, I mean, with all this talk about New Japan, I'm like, I wouldn't mind watching uh, that 
once a month or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm basically looking forward to a lot of AEW. Um, I think that the characters and the storylines that they're building are all great. I can't think of a weak link in that uh, in that promotion, even the weak links like a Marco stunt um, or a, uh, or the Jurassic Express um, have their moments of, of pop, like when Luchasaurus came back. Like, that was the biggest pop of his career, and yep. that was fun. And that was a fun team to have that happen to. And, uh, but yeah. Um, what were you going to say, Shane? Uh, so, I mean, AEW is the easy answer here because I am also excited for that. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with, though, since you already said that, yeah. I'm going to change my answer. Good. Uh, and go Challenging. with the, uh, the, the indie scene. Um, we've got a, we've kind of got a soft reset um, yeah. the, on the indie that's a good, right that's now. a good, that's a good way of putting it. Um, because, because of AEW and WWE trying to scoop up as many indie wrestlers as they possibly can, just so that they don't go to AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's given some, uh, some people that may not have had the chance to be towards the top of the indie scene, a, a chance to be up there. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what comes out of this, what, where the indie scene is at the end of next year compared to compared to right now um see what are the new names that that everyone's talking about i mean obviously uh did he ach retire again i think so yeah it looks like um um unfortunately yeah so so i mean obviously there's there's openings there there's i mean you've got joey ryan um, you've got some of the guys in AEW still doing indie shows, still able yep. to do indie, indie events. Yeah, Joey Ryan um, is going to be indie for life. He, yeah. I, I saw that promotion. He's... Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's part of why he signed with, uh, impact was co- so he could still do nice. his, his indie dates yep. as long as they didn't conflict with impact tapings. So I'm just, I'm just super excited to see the, you know, who, who all, who all steps up? I mean, we're gonna. I'm gonna see a guy that I don't really know much about, but like the Man Scout. Um, oh, Man Scout! Uh, I I can tell you things about Man Scout. Um, Man Man Scout's cool. Like even yeah. So I didn't want to make this be a Russell Palooza like <laughs> plug, um, but like yeah, like we we got like a Man Scout coming in. And Jake Atlas, who just signed with NXT, yeah, you know he's he's able to finish out his indie dates, and it's like, okay, cool, Jake Atlas. I still just remember, like it was only it feels longer, but it was about two years ago, uh, the first time I saw Shane Strickland, yeah, who's now Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, on in NXT, like oh, he's on NXT now. Yeah, he's on NXT. That's wonderful. Yeah, um, he's doing real good. You know. I love Strickland. He was. Yeah, he's got your name. Yeah, Strickland. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the like, like, you get to see guys like that like show up and and yeah, it's like who's going to be that next guy of like, oh, here's this random guy. I'm not really sure, you know. And then you even have established teams that are probably going to get a bigger foothold because of, you know, not, not as more, so many places to work, but then, you know, there's, there's not as high level of talent. Cause that was Shane and I have had this discussion, the talents out there, yeah the talents out there, it's the draws 
that you you worry about on the indie scene mm-hmm. um, because the talent's out there and they just need to be positioned correctly. But it's your Joey Ryan's, your you know Orange Cassidy's. So it's like okay, we need this guy so that we can get three hundred people in this venue to see these three other people like down the card that then hopefully next time they come back, they'll be be coming back for those guys, you know, like it's, it still baffles me to the fact that Mustafa Ali could barely get indie bookings. Wow. He, he was mostly just working at freelance Hmm. and now it's like, who how, how did nobody who, pa- see this? who passed on him? Yeah. Like part of it was, you know, the fact that he was a cop and he mm-hmm. couldn't take he couldn't travel as much. Mm. But you know, it's like how 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 did not any not as many people take the opportunity to book this guy when they could have? And you know, there's there's plenty of talent out there. Like maybe not as high of a level as, you know, Mustafa Ali and Shane and Shane Strickland. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's guys who are just almost as good uh, that are out there that nobody knows about mm-hmm. that, that can throw, that can be awesome. Mm-hmm. Or guys that, go? or the like crazy young guys is, and, and women like the fact that Priscilla Kelly is like 23. Yeah. <laughs> Is annoying. Um, or the young people in AEW, such as a Darby Allen or a MJF or yeah. all those other people who are in their, oh, Marco Stunt, who are in their early 20s. Yeah. So 10 years my junior. And uh, you not know, me. I'm, I'm not a professional wrestler, so what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, and that's uh, and that's a good, good one to end on is like, I, I want to see what like AEW does with guys like like a Darby Allen. Yeah, you they've know? already done great things with them. Um, yeah, but I'd like to see what what they how they how they for their build their young. Um, I mean, homegrown, not really homegrown talent, but yeah. not former WWE name right. guys, yeah. kind of. Yeah, and 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 speaking of of AEW, even just I, I like the fact that we've we've seen an evolution in their women's division since the start of even mm-hmm. double or nothing they've, they've rebounded and been like, okay, we're going to use this person instead. We're going to use this person instead. Uh, apparently why Nyla Rose got written off TV is she's doing a tour for stardom, I believe. Oh, cool. And it's like, no, that will be, I really hope actually it's going back, good for her there. um, going back to even before this decade, like, the the level of difference that Jack Evans was mm-hmm. when he was just doing Generation Next, but like yes. Jack Evans in like two thousand four and five, and then Jack Evans after he did like three tours of Dragon Gate, mm-hmm. and it's like holy shit, this guy got like he was all always fun to watch, mm-hmm. but he's really good now yeah like you know that type of stuff can happen so he's great and uh um i had no idea how old he was up until he's been around forever 
and because he looks like he's in his early 20s. Um, <laughs> I think he looks like he's in his late 60s in the face. Like, well, okay. Fair enough. But he's one of those guys where you can throw in and just have him put on a good match with... Uh, but I was going to say, like a Darby Allen, um, he was in a triple threat with Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc, yep. and it was a great match on AEW Dark. Not to promote that one, but it's free every week. So um, your your thing to be excited for next year is is AEW then? Yeah, AEW and just like how how it's evolving and how how they're changing it. Because like I said, like like they they obviously have a very strong. Uh, base base and a very strong like men's singles division and tag division like yeah. their their tag division even though you know it's crazy and now you even have like more people in it with butcher and the blade and yeah and and everything but like the fact that it's like the men's singles division's great the tag division's great uh their women's division <laughs> Women's yeah. division is but they've fine, got some really strong but then yeah, it's like they're they're building on on I'm it. Excited and... to, for them to use Statlander a lot more. Yeah. And then earlier you were saying that the AEW doesn't have a mid title, um, mid card title. Yeah. Pretty sure that's the diamond ring thing that I think that's going to be tossed around as a title, like a quote unquote title. I would imagine because they had a yeah, maybe for it. the diamond ring thing, <laughs> the thing MJF won for the battle royal. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would imagine their mid card title would be. So. Yeah, or something like that, because I, I think they they're going to do that as an like annual thing, thing, and then yeah, maybe that can then be established as you know, a mid card title mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah, it's gonna It's going to be, and yeah, just, just looking at the wrestling scene as a whole, uh, I'm just, I'm kind of more, in, I'm interested in what the next, who the next people to step up are going to be, Yeah, you know, and, so, and it's going to be, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, hopefully we've got a really exciting year of wrestling ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, boy. Sorry Gabe, to get that in there. I know it's my catchphrase. <laughs> Gabe, Shane, plugs, plugs away. Um, so my name is Gabe. You can follow me on Twitter at Gabe Reno. Uh, two R's. Nope, two N's. One R. Uh, I am no longer on Snapchat. I got kicked off of Snapchat. Just kidding. I just left on my own will. Um and we also have a podcast that uh, we're going to get around to recording. Yeah, we're going to get that phase. going back up. Um, character work, which we teased that we were coming back full time. Um, and it's we're still in the teasing phase. Yep, we're still teasing you. We're still teasing you. Um, no, we got some good episodes coming up. I hear that there's two new movie reviewers out there um, who like to who are uh, different from um, Stevie and Train. Totally different. Totally different because he's one of them is related to Hulk Hogan. Actually, yeah, to and tie the other into this, and the other guy is, is the son of a movie producer, yeah. but he's not going to tell you which one. Um, and uh, then we we still got the music box with Danny Paradox. Um, that. Um, whole Clive thing's got to wrap up eventually, don't you think? Um, one day. I mean, yeah, there's someday. only so many weekdays. Exactly. And uh, at this point, I I think we're in the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, follow me on Twitter at Gabriel. I don't really do a lot of posting, but I like a lot of stuff. And 
on Twitter these days, it'll pop up as as uh, like a Shane can log into Twitter and see, oh, Gabe liked a funny comment from uh, some random Twitter comedian, and now he gets to laugh at it. So. Shane can't log into Twitter. Shane doesn't have a Twitter. You should get Twitter. Yeah, thought you did. Uh, I mean, it, they deactivated all the accounts that no one ever used, so my that account was deactivated. You should reactivate yeah. it. Twitter's great. Uh, so it's uh, not. It's terrible i read it every day because it pops up as the stories that you need to follow and then i read and then i spend 10 minutes in bed every morning just like scrolling through uh so yeah so i'm gonna plug uh i'm just plugging twitter in general <laughs> it sounds like it uh i'm gonna plug character work uh i'm also gonna plug if you like football i thought you were gonna say if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain um if you like football, I have a fantasy football advice podcast That's I do right. with... I hear you took your first uh, uh, listener question the other we day. We did take our first listener That's question, cool. and uh, uh, spoiler alert, it turned out really well because Austin Eckler had over 200 yards today. Yeah. Um, well, don't reveal the day that we're recording this. Oh, but... sorry. Oh. <laughs> We already we already did, and I'm and I'm about to drop some news that will very much say say what day we recorded it on. So so that that podcast uh, I record it with my friends Carl and Chris. Uh, it's part. called what? For the most part, I mean, yeah. Whenever they show up, we're all normal. We're normally there in a lot. We're all normal. Chris, Chris might be might be out for a little bit near the end of here. Uh, her babies are busy, um, but uh, that's called Fantasy Hangover. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any fantasy advice questions, you can send them to yourfantasyhangover at gmail.com. You actually have a web uh, email. We do. Well, uh, I always yeah. forget to plug it on the actual show. <laughs> so, um, the, and then, the, uh, the, the email, which is my only good thing that I ever did when I helped produce that show, was go, hey, you should probably do an email. And Shane's like, oh, I don't think we can. Fantasy Hangover's taken. I'm like, why don't you just say, like, Make it your fantasy hangover at Gmail. And then a year after he said that, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so was it your fantasy hangover or my yep. fantasy hangover? Y-O-U-R fantasy hangover yeah, at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, not uh, you are. Because they, they, they always sign off. This this has been your fantasy hangover. Yep. So. And then, uh, yeah, that's, I think well, that's, that's all of my, uh, my plugs. So, yeah, you can follow me on at Knocked Out Films on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and knockedoutentertainment.com for all of this stuff. And actually, one one extra thing to look forward to in uh, 2020 is what the hell Luke Harper is going to do now that he finally got his freaking release from WWE. Oh, was that announced? <laughs> Literally, as we were starting recording this, apparently. Because <laughs> it was from three hours uh, ago. They also released The Ascension. Oh, geez, they finally released people? Okay. Uh, yeah, they, they released Connor and Victor. Uh, Luke Harper. Trying to see what Sin Cara. else. Yeah, Sin Cara. Sin has been asking for it. It's December 8th. 2019. Um, yeah, those are the only three that are those are the only four guys I've gotten so far. I wonder if they'll be releasing more here, though. All right. So, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.